Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at Powerslam.tv. This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder, James Boyd came to give them life. The Blackest Wrestling Podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they kick it trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in this on the regular, dude. Ravishing flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit a talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation The power of the this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Hi, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Hey. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of One Nation Radio. I'm your host, James Boyd. And with me, I have Rich Lotta. What's going on, man? Chilling, man. Just uh, uh, you know, ready to do the show, and uh, here back with another week of crazy shit to talk about, apparently, and uh, you know, lots of surprises, fun things going on in the world, and you know, ready to clown. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but first, um, we've been talking about the verses or whatever else, and we've been talking about the verses while you've been watching them and I have been more or less just looking at the playlist people going round for round and that sort of thing and talking about it and you've been describing um some of the uh some of the happenings during you know the interactions while people are doing these things uh I think it's a little different I don't know if you watched uh the DMX Snoop Dogg one did you so I saw it later Okay. Um, I didn't see it live, but I watched the video later, and then, of course, I had the playlist. So Okay, so I ended up watching... Actually, basically, I, I, I got to a point where I was like, oh, shit, that's on. Hey, I'm sorry, Dynamite. You're just gonna have to... You got to I'll watch you later. And then I ended up watching, like, uh, basically, like, the last, like, round 15 through 21 of it, mm-hmm. or whatever else. So, and then I ended up uh, going back once it got uploaded and watched the whole thing through, um, or whatever else, but... Yeah, man, like, that was a blast. Like, I don't know how, you know, how these other ones, in your opinion, how, you know, how where you would rank this one over else, but, like, this was a fucking blast. Yeah, um, it, it was dope to see um, Snoop Dogg and then just think about how long he's been around, how much, you know, work he has across so many eras, and he's always been Snoop, and it's always made sense. Uh, then you see DMX. DMX didn't look as good, but with DMX, it's a kind of a different fight because at least he's here and he's relatively healthy now. But um, 
I think it, it's amazing that DMX for you know that prime period that he had, he was able to pretty much stand up with a dude that has a thirty year career. <laughs> so like you know. It was like it wasn't no blowout. It wasn't you know no ass whooping or anything. And it was like, man, DMX really hold on people for a couple years. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think it's should be noted that like Snoop Dogg didn't play anything after two thousand four. Like, I think the oldest record he had was dropping like it's hot. Um, and that's cool. Like, I mean, he, I mean, I don't really necessarily want him to play like Gangsta Love, <laughs> Dream on it, or or. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or like the what was the what was the name of the R. Kelly song he had that like fuck it fuck Ball it because R. Kelly's on it and uh, uh what else was he had? Se- se- uh, sexual eruption I don't I really I'm not really I don't really want him playing that next to D M X I don't really want him doing that right uh so but yeah like either anyway like like I, I remember going through it just like you know a lot of these rounds are rounds where it's just like. DMX is getting draws with Snoop Dogg, which should be, should, which is like really say something to you because like it's Snoop Dogg, um, and a lot of rounds, and he won some rounds, but like a lot of rounds, I just got, felt like a lot of these rounds are I want to give to DMX, but I don't feel comfortable giving it to him. I'll call him a draw, and then um, and then like some, and I think probably like two or three of them were actual legitimate draws, um, but at the end, like Snoop Dogg, I feel like he won like anywhere from like twelve to eleven rounds outright, but. Yeah, like I, I thought it was, but it wasn't like DMX was out here putting out trash. Like he had bangers, and Snoop Dogg just had other bangers that were of a higher level. Um, but, I, but it wasn't no blood. It was, it was close. Like I only think Snoop Dogg won eleven. Like a blood is like, oh, this person won. Like this dude picked up like fourteen books. Like <laughs> that's a blowout. Um, and I like you know I always appreciate when you know the B sides in here get played like Snoop play like Pump Pump. Um, the that's, that's probably like my favorite you know, like kind of Snoop song, like just flows crazy. Um, a lot of stuff with, Hustles with G's he played too. Like, yeah. I know, I know this is your thing. We talk about like, this was a great night for the legacy of fill in the blank. And mm-hmm. this was a great night for the legacy of doggy style. This man played eight tracks off of one album. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, I'm, I, I think it's the most, um, influential rap album and copied off of rap album ever it's it's up there like it's funny i after going through that i thought about it's like holy shit like snoop like think of the eight tracks on doggy style and then remember it's like the intro like it's a 13 track album and it's like the intro there's like the g-funk intro uh so that's like Really, it's really ten. It's really ten songs or no, eleven songs on this. He played eight of these motherfuckers against DMX and and, and survived. Like that lets you know how cold the uh, doggy style was slash is. Um, I. It's what? funny because I wouldn't have ever like put these two together. I've never thought to just to position them, compare right. them, right. anything like it. I, I don't know. And and then you see them together, and you see it at like. You know, Snoop Dogg, much like Snoop Dogg always has been, like has been such a uniting presence amongst the entire world of rap. Even even in the middle of the East Coast West Coast shit that he he was a part a part of, you know, and help you know stoke some of the flames with the Social Wars in '94. Like, it's amazing how many friends from the from the East Coast that he's like you know was super friends with for like the last like 25 years going back. Like, it's crazy. 
Yeah. Um, I, I think uh, DMX probably introduced himself to a lot of people um, last night. Young ass kids. Yeah, that really like it's almost like DMX and Allen Iverson have this like energy I think about them like whereas like if you were there like you'll always be able to remember what it was like Mm -hmm. but the further you get away from it you just might not quite understand so I think you know the theme of these continues to be remind everyone why they loved you and I think DMX did that yeah yeah like his like, like um like get like when you play like get at me dog it's just like so it do something different to me like i don't <laughs> <laughs> that was actually the first one we heard like DMX, so makes yeah. me make, look makes me want to want to want to rob you know <laughs> yeah yeah like it's interesting like because so much of this was like we talked about the legacy of uh of doggy style and then another one is like it's dark and hell is hot like it makes you readjust. It makes you like go back and like, was this so album even, even? Even though we all thought it was a great album when it first came, out, I was like, is this album even better than we originally thought? Like, instead of it just being like this smash of hit records in a flat out great record, like, is it like actually more than that? Is it actually like a classic that we did not really, you know, give it its due at the time because we were too enamored with Nas and Jay Z? It, mm-hmm. Kind of like I mean I, I have to go through it more, but I just remember like it had smashes on it. All the all them, them first five DMX albums all had smashes on it, but this is like classics weren't weren't you really were there for with DMX, which is like he just had bangers and had so much energy at a time when New York still brought energy, and I don't know what the fuck happened like once we got to like 2003 or whatever, but like he was at the forefront of all that shit. People stopped clearing samples. I, I mean, I guess, but like, I don't know what sample the fuck. What what samples party up? Is that a sample? I don't know. I think it is. I would and have my, to look I'm, that up. It, it, it could be. I just don't know. Mm. Um. Yeah, but I, I I think some of DMX's lyrics look age very horribly. Well, I think it was I mean, like Snoop Dogg. Look at Snoop Dogg's yeah, records. Like the like the like the second verse of I believe it was Where the Hood At is just like one of the most homophobic things you'll ever hear. The first uh, no, no no I mean both verses. Yeah. Both verses. Um <laughs> Snoop, uh when you start listening to Ain't No Fun, it's like, yo, I yes, think about how back how, in the motherfucking house with a fat yeah. dick for your motherfucking man. I'm like, look, look, but like yo, I, I I'm not about I'm not about to look, I'm not about to kill the fun or anything, but like these things were like that couldn't have came out today. Like it just it just wouldn't have slid. Yeah, I mean, um, uh, I think it was still slide. I think that we would actually criticize them uh, in a way that, like, we didn't at the time. We're only the only person we were really given that kind of, uh, or we Look, by children mean, were listening to by, these songs. By we, I mean the media. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think the I think mainstream media of of a rapper these days would get the everybody would get treated like Eminem did back then. Like Eminem was like really the only person that was really getting it, like post NWA. Mm-hmm. Eminem was really the only like rapper that was the big multiple multi platinum rapper that was getting it in like the nineties or the two thousands. Like DMX was getting the pass. Uh, trying to think who else was the super amateur. Red Man was getting passed. Method Man was getting the pass. It was it was weird at that time. Dr. Dre was getting the pass, even though Dr. Dre was a part of NWA. It was <laughs> it was like 
okay, whatever. Um, but but back to the back to the um, the battle. I I don't know about these other ones, but like I've seen some of them where they done done some more or less quote unquote performing. I thought this was fun as hell to see like Snoop, you know, the showmanship. I think that's another reason why like I I think in a different setting, Doctor uh, DMX fares even better. But like the showmanship part of it, like like Snoop just outdid him so like so um, soundly that is like you can't say anything but but DMX losses. It's like if you're, Snoop. If you're doing the great, uh, the the judging of who won, it's like Snoop's still performing to this day. Right. So like, and we don't know, you know, what DMX is doing. Right. Literally. Like, like it was funny when uh when DMX was uh play uh played um how's it going down in the second half uh mm-hmm. and he he talked about like after you know he plays that one and then uh, Snoop answers it with beautiful and he says you know back in the day you know. You know, in the, my prime, or whatever. I used, I used to take the shirt off because it was a girl song. He said, "But yeah, as you can see, that shit ain't happening no more." <laughs> I was howling, and then, uh, and then uh, Snoop said, "Well, <laughs> look, man, fuck that. Like, you know, take if you want to take your shirt off, I'll take my shirt off too." And then, uh, I think, I think Snoop said something to Swiss, like, you know, if they get the, if they get the, you know, a million people watching this shit, he'll uh, DS take his shirt off. He'll take his shirt off too. And then DMX snapped back. It looked like a ten in this bitch. <laughs> I was howling. <laughs> like this was this was like the moment of levity that like if you didn't really um if you didn't follow it closely at the time or weren't really familiar like you just know that DMX <clears throat> just listening through his catalog you wouldn't know actually existed like that kind of like levity that kind of sense of humor that kind of like playfulness like. I thought that I thought that was a uh, the humanizing of the dark man was like was was really important in a big. Thing. I'm about to say his night. name was Dark Man X. Well, you know what it used to be before it was Dark Man, right? <laughs> Dancing Machine X. Yes, I, I yes. heard. Yeah, yeah like, yes, you know, yes. Sometimes you know. Yes. <laughs> he, he 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 had to change that one. <laughs> yeah. Look, I mean, I bet back when he had hair, I, I bet I mean, like, I'm gonna be the, I'm gonna be the next Big Daddy Kane in this bitch. <laughs> Cold, coldest flow, coldest dance moves too. Hey, speaking of Big Daddy Kane, um, I think he was on a show with Fat Joe. Everyone has some type of show now, uh, where they were saying him and Rakim might get to it, and I've been waiting, huh? Um, Let's go, Kane. That'd be interesting. Like, I never really went so, through either one of their catalogs. Same for Light Run DMC. That was like I know the hits, and that's about it. So, um, yeah, like I think it'd be interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna I'm, go check. I'm that here one for that. Yeah, like that. Like that one's been like thirty years. Like they had like that. They, there was like an entire like Cold War between them um, mm. in the late '80s. So uh, set it off. I I would say that's about Rakim. So uh, okay. if y'all want to go check that out, so so does like yeah, does yeah, K- so it. does KRS One feel slighted about that, or is he still just anti? Uh, is he still anti uh, capitalistic uh, records m- making? So I had heard something like they were th- like some someone was trying to get him and LL matched up, and then it wasn't like. 
I don't think LL was going to do it because LL was trying to hold out for like Jay Z, but that's not happening either. So, um, yeah, like the Joe Budden podcast always brings up, like they always bring up, like people call people out in the light they want to be seen in or whatever. So <laughs> it right, tells right, you right. a lot about who who you um you know go with whatever. Like, I, f- I think uh, I think for for LL Jay Z does make sense, but. His prime was so further away that, than Jay Z that it's like Jay Z would just win almost by default, right? Because it's like, like to be honest, like not many people like. I mean, you look, you look at these Jay Z concerts doing the Beyonce stuff or the Justin Timberlake stuff he's done um, last decade, right? Like he goes, he goes and he opens up for Justin Timberlake and Beyonce, and like. He's not like he's playing some records from like the blueprint or whatever else. And like the people in the audience do not know any of the words, nor should they, because yeah, those are not Jay Z crowds. Right, (laughs) right, right. Like, and I'm saying like for somebody to stay around that long, like you, you like any act, like you kind of deal with that. And that's why, you know, we always complain about like the old heads keep coming out with her, you know, keep coming out with new material or whatever else and like that's the reason why is because like the older you get like the younger people aren't the younger generations of people aren't going to go back and check out your your discography so you got to come up with something that like might make might nod their heads or whatever else it might want to check something out like this especially if you're like jay-z on a beyonce tour on on a justin timberlake tour you know or, or a you know jay-z in tour when he's really opening for these main events so um when it's LL, that's even worse because his heyday was a decade before Jay Z's. Yeah, that could that could get real ugly Dude, real be fast. Like the actor, right? God, <laughs> <laughs> like the same thing with Ice Cube. Like, like how many people? Like how many people under twenty five years old know of Ice Cube as like one of that, the greatest rappers of all time, or the actor, comedy actor, dude. Yeah, that I I think I would rather like, like maybe you give KRS one Ice Cube, maybe, um, or you know you give L Cool J Ice Cube. I think that would be fair. I think Cube's getting them both the fuck out of here. I but think, I think they I think that um, oh you really yes you think Cube would get uh, L out of here? Yes, I never really Swiftly. thought about it, but that, but okay. Okay. I excuse one of my it, ten is, is favorite be, rappers is, of is all it, time. Is it because of I thought LO was too? No. Okay. But is it because of the NWA discography that's helping buoy him? I mean, how much of the NWA is really helping him? That was one album. Well, I mean, he wrote the whole shit, so yeah. Yeah. Sorry, 80% of it or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, he's got dad. He's got, you know, the first three albums. He's got, like, you know, We Be Clubbing. He's got, like, yeah. Friday songs. He can play Lil John stuff if he wanted to. He, he can play that stuff. Like, yep. yeah, uh, I think he would, would run LL the fuck out of here because, like, it's only so many of them love songs uh, going to ring off because like, this shit, this shit a, don't, this shit don't be for the love songs. That's like, what you <laughs> see. Like, you, like, you might get a couple out there, but, but like, do, do, I'm sorry, ladies. Y'all's not deciding this one. <laughs> Look, to be honest, they don't want to be to sign this shit either. It's like, oh, so you want to you want to talk about like you want a little love, and then like the other half of these records, you want to you know say some real meat, real you know misogynistic stuff. No, thank you. Uh, yeah. So, uh, but anyway, yeah, I, I mean, they pair well together just on the strength of like 
80s rap icons, 80s slash 90s rap icons, turned into actors, became A-list, you know, celebrities, or A-list actors, or B-list actors, whatever you want to call them, um, have been, you know, been in the acting scene on TVs and movies for 20 years, you know, it makes sense, a parable, but like, I never thought of ever comparing them before. I never just never did. Maybe you do Will Smith and LL instead. Like, maybe you do that because, like, I think where the Cube thing can go horrible for LL, LL, LL has never rapped about something real in his life. Like, so. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, superficial rap. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Um, I think that LL would be more receptive to doing one with, with Will Smith than he would with with Ice Cube. Um, I think that Ice Cube kind of is in that Barkley territory where, like, he said a he said he has said and done a bunch of stuff, and people have let it slide because for one reason or another, he's like, oh well, that's 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 Ice Cube is fine. So we're like he. Where like LL, if he comes out here and he tries to quote unquote match uh, the energy with uh, the Ice Cube pre ninety four energy, like I think that would fuck up his brand. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ice Cube is like Ice Cube. Ice Cube hasn't changed a fucking thing in the last twenty five years. He's literally the same man. You right. can check his Twitter yes. timeline. Yes, like it's it's like I can't. How is this man making, how does this man working in Hollywood talking about, about Jewish people like this? I don't understand. <laughs> um, yeah, so, but yeah, like, I think, I think he'd be more receptive to the L, or, or let me phrase it. I think in LL's best interest for like, if his thing, I think that I am of such a high standard and then I also don't want to fuck up my bread. I think that a good alternative to the Jay-Z thing, because he's never going to get that, would be Will, and I think Will would be receptive to it because, I think Will and LL wouldn't take it as competitive as much as just trying to vibe off of the strip of the records. And quite honestly, like we all know who's going to win. So that, so it's like it's just doing it just to have some fun, right? As opposed to like you know somebody feeling like they've been you know slighted historically or whatever else, and they failed. You know they you know. I, Look, because you know LL gets gets pissed and, and, right. and like and feels right. slighted at, right. at literally anything, right? And, like, and he'll he'll drop a diss song after this shit, right? Like. Right, because I remember, um, what was it? When Jay-Z got the Def Jam presidency. Yep. Jay-Z, look, L.O. made a good point at the time. He's like, just because you're a great artist and you made great records and classes or whatever, just because you're like, you're the, you made, you're a great baker does not mean that you can run a bakery. And like, Jay-Z, when he was president, like he made a bunch of stars. Like he he went into the south further from even like the Jeff Jam South shit like with Jeezy and with Rick Ross and you know he made Rihanna to a, a megastar or whatever else but like he ultimately he leaves Def Jam and as he leaves Def Jam like it's fucking dead more or less <laughs> so um like I don't I don't necessarily say he was right or wrong because the the um the internet changed so much during his presidency but. It's crazy like, because he had, they're, they're, he had valid points at the time. I was about to say it's crazy because you know if Jay Z was looking for an artist that was on Def Jam that was savvy to the internet that had a core following, you know Joe he could have just he could have just you know reached out to you know Joe Budden and dropped the growth, but you know that's okay. We we won't we won't litigate that. Joe Budden is still uh, popping to this day, so <laughs> in one form or another. So um, 
Yeah. I, I yeah. I, I wonder who I would want to see Joe go against. That I, I would have to figure that out because like Fat would Joe want to do like, this? I, I think he would do it with the right person. Who do you think would be the right person? So it's funny because I would have probably said Fab, but I don't know. I, I would have to look at it. Okay. I'd have to look at it. Uh, okay. I, th- I think you might be able to get away with like Lloyd Banks um, and Joe Budden. I I think you can do that. Well, who else but- is also in media? Because like I don't think you can really do this with someone that's still trying to get this paper like off the rap shit doing this with Joe because like if you if you get into it with Joe or Joe gets too competitive or whatever else or Joe wakes up on the wrong side of the bed then it turns contentious and then like all of a sudden like that's a like me going to Joe to talk about X Y or Z or have Joe talk about X Y or Z without being colored by this in the future potentially fucks up whatever you know yeah thing I have uh, in the future to try to make you know for, as far as get buzz or whatever else when Joe talks about stuff on the podcast so I don't think that's you know, instead of it turn, being about me, it turns into me plus Joe and this contentious thing, and people like like Joe. Even though some Ma- people hate Joe, but those people that like Look, Joe, it's well. amazing. It's amazing. Like you know, you, it used he to be way more hate. Became, he, he stopped rapping and became more popular. Yes, he absolutely did. Amazing. Um, yeah, I had to think about that. I know we got some folks that um that that listen to rap that that check this show out. So uh, get so. out get at us in the in the uh, in the Discord and let us know who you think uh you know hip hop is uh that is uh it, you know Joe Budden who would be a uh, good matchup for him. Yeah, I would like, say Lloyd Banks yeah, maybe. Yeah, Discord maybe. and Twitter as well. You can add us in that because order thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So speaking of verses and legends. Apparently, you told me something about Mike Tyson may do an exhibition match with Roy Jones Jr. Yes. So apparently, all those Mike Tyson training videos were leading to something. Uh, so, uh, and on September twelfth, uh, Mike Tyson will be taking on Roy Jones Jr. Boy, um, I was shocked when I heard this. And both of these gentlemen are in their fifties, I believe. Uh, yeah. Mike Tyson is fifty-four. Roy Jones is fifty-one. Um, so Roy's been active as of up to I want to say maybe three years ago, if I'm not mistaken. Tyson's been looking like a machine on the internet, but um, it's uh, it's crazy. What what do you think about this, James? I think the first person that lands a that lands a, a clean power punch is going to win. Like both of their chins are gone. Royce Royce chin's been gone since what? 08? Royce chin's been gone since like 03. 03. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like all of a sudden like that man. Like, where, was when like, was the second Tarver fight? When was the second Tarver fight? What I think that was like 03 or 04. Oh, okay, well that was that was when his chin was gone. We we're like, "Oh god, like the greatest I ever like <laughs> Like this, like like that fight hurt me to my fucking core. I, I fuck it, never... say it. I know what you was gonna say. Say it. Oh, that uh, that that uh, yeah. Like he was a fucking superhero. Like it's like watching Superman die. I was like, what? Yeah, man, I was hurt. Like that shit devastated me. Like I don't think any other other boxing match ever devastated me as much as like Roy Jones losing to Tarver to say uh, in that second match. Like he just like he was on the way to I felt like he was on the way to winning and all of a sudden he just catches one on the jaw and he's fucking just done. I was like, oh my god. Mike Tyson, um 
looks like a killer right now. And he looks like he's got plenty of hand speed. He's not going to be coming out here to, like, you know, bob and weave with you. He's coming to, you know, get you the fuck out of here. Um, I will be ordering this fight or watching it somehow. Uh, I, they will they will definitely uh, get me, you know, in the building. But, you know, while my mind is telling me, um, you know, Tyson, you know, my heart is with Roy. And if you don't remember Roy. Oh, God. You know. Get on your feet. Get on your feet. Right now. Right now. Jones Jr., the best pound the for best pound fighter in the world. Whoever don't agree, don't agree. You know what? I guess y'all must have forgot. 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 And then decided to delve into rapping. How I many did, of dude. them have more jams than Roy Jones Jr.? Not Deion Sanders. No. Uh, God rest his soul, not Kobe Bryant. No. Uh, <sighs> is there anybody? I don't know. I, I asked him that Bruh, way because I don't know. You think about body head bangers and all right. that. Shaq? I will put Shaq. I will put Shaq in the in the consideration. You got to put Shaq on the I, list. I, yes, you have to put him on the list. Shaq could actually rap for the era. He could. Uh, Dame Lillard. Jams or could rap really well. Oh well, uh, he's got a, he's got some songs, but yeah, he, he can really rap. Okay. Like unquestionably, I think he's the best. Like, um, um, you know, or Lonzo. Well, you know, Lonzo's pretty good too. Yeah, I've heard Lonzo. Lonzo got some uh, night. I like some of Lonzo's songs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, was it Super Saiyan was one of the songs, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I like that actually. Yeah. Um, like, isn't it crazy that, yeah. to like you know like because of his dad, like he's totally he's considered like so small of a personality when it's like he's a fucking rapper. <laughs> Oh, you know, he's down to himself. He's quiet. It's like, no, his dad sucks all the air out of the room, so you don't even pay attention to the fact that, like, this kid has some interest outside of even just playing basketball. Well, and, you know, unfortunately, the NBA draft hasn't happened yet, but um, as soon as LaMelo Ball goes number one overall, uh, I'm coming back on this podcast, and I'm saying, LaVar was right (laughs) the whole time. Has his kids dis- have all of his kids disowned him yet, or just like or just Lonzo? Uh, I don't think he's disowned him. Or I'm, I'm sorry, let me phrase that. Uh, uh, not as strange. That's not a similar. Like basically, like there, there's a distance that it wasn't there before. Because after, after they, after you know, buddy, they had you know, to, stole from them. Yeah, yeah. I, I would have to look into it, but um, you know, Levar was right. You know, <laughs> just remember that when, when when one when one son goes number two, another one goes number one, and then if, if they get Leangelo shot in the league somewhere, okay. Yeah, so I guess it's time to just get to uh, wrestling now, right? Oh shit. <laughs> um, I mean, it's not a not a bad thing to move on to wrestling. Move on to wrestling. Like, I think like this week is probably like one of the best weeks of wrestling this year. Um, true indeed. Yeah, uh, 
I guess we can start with Raw. Um, just quick on Raw. Like, Whoa. I, just, just really quick on Raw. Um, <laughs> I watched Raw. I got didn't expect in- you to go there, sir. Like, you right, know, right, why, right, why right. would why would you say that line? You know, <laughs> what, what made you what made you go there with it? He's stupid. Um, you know, one watched- of the best weeks. Raw. What? No, there, there's one thing I want to point out, and we can skip past it. Like, I watched Raw because I suckered because I knew you know the days like you know this ta- set of tapings. It was going to be the last Kyrie on Raw uh, stuff or whatever else. I, so I was like, you know what? Have a match with. I see her, she's going to have a match with Bailey. I like the match she had with Bailey uh, a few weeks ago. Watch this match. And like, oh, so so now you want to have like the great the, the great Kyrie Save matches on TV now as she's out the fucking door. It's like, okay, all right. I guess I guess it's a nice send off because you know they don't want to like burn whatever bridge they have with her. I like you know just talk about she's gonna be some type of um, Japanese liaison ambassador thing while she I guess you know does a year some of wrestling and then retires or whatever else. Uh, so mm-hmm. anyway, like it was a great match. Um, I give it like you know somewhere between three and three quarters or four stars. Um, it's it's sad that like this is like now they learn on the while she's out the door, but um you know it is what it is. Uh, she got one on the way out at least. So um so but yeah, you can move on to Wednesday she'll, wrestling. She'll be there next week too, right? Yeah, yeah, because uh, it was they were doing ended two weeks of taping, so next week is when they kill her off with like Shayna Baszler or Nia Jax or somebody. Yeah. Good God. Yeah, um, you know, just why, why don't she just show up with the bike <laughs> and ride off to the sunset? Well, I don't think I don't think she can ride the bike like over the Pacific to get back to Japan, Rich. But but sure, <laughs> <laughs> just ride away from the performance center. <laughs> like Undertaker, and throw the middle finger up while you're at it. Yeah, look, throw the middle finger up at them. <laughs> you know, <laughs> look, um. I don't think that I will be able to look if I were able to get the company or get the book, I think I could come up with something like that. I don't think that's gonna I don't think that's gonna make air though. Like what you talking about, I don't think that scenario is gonna make tape. I just don't. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> but um AW Dynamite Wednesday, uh really good show. Uh liked yeah. it a lot. Um it's, it's getting higher reviews than the one um I'm about to give it, but um <laughs> It, you know, uh, I'm not the only opinion in the world. You know, a lot of people, you know, else out there, you know, you can check out. But um, y'all here. So <laughs> uh, we opened up. Uh, it looks like uh, it was with uh, Cody. He was already in the ring. Uh, and he was, you know, the pyro had gone off, I believe. And then all of a sudden. Uh, <laughs> we didn't see that. They just showed up with him in the ring. Do you think they blew the pyro off or not? Now, see, I just deleted the copy of DM of uh, of Dynamite that I have. Now you make me want to like go get it again, go get it back, and see if there was smoke in the air. You make me want to go do that. Look, this man. If this man blew off some pyro where it wasn't even going to be seen, just would, just for the feeling, that would be the most pretentious. <laughs> just, just. Oh my god. See you. See you. Just bring yeah. it out of me, like you. Or not make out of me, but like me and you together, like hey, I just, I just asked a question. I just, I just like asked bagging question. on Cody when like Cody had a good ass match this week, and we still, and we still get no hell. Hey, 
uh, you know, this, this is the brand. You know, this this is what we do. The brand you is shitting on Cody. Um, I I don't think that was. I don't feel like that was the brand back in November. I just I just don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I guess we can t- finish talking about uh, Cody and the TNT invitation or whatever the hell he's calling it. Yep, so his music was playing, and then all of a sudden, like, uh, someone started yelling over the, um, you know, started yelling over the... PA system. Uh, music, yeah, the PA system. <clears throat> and uh, Eddie Kingston came out, uh, you know, and started uh, cutting a promo. Uh, Eddie Kingston, long-time, you know, veteran of independent <laughs> wrestling, and um, it, it, there's nothing, like, more, like, kind of insulting saying, yeah, this man's a long-time veteran of the sport. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were going to say long-time independent professional wrestler or, or say something, like, derogative. I say that man has never been on, <laughs> like, major American television for wrestling yet after years. <laughs> so um, he said, uh, Cody talks about grinding, but he doesn't know what real grinding is. I love this. He said, I grew up around alcoholics and junkies, and you like to, and you grew up around wannabe legends like that guy, Arn Anderson. And um, he, he basically just ran this man all the way down. Uh, I, I believe I have a transcript of the promo, so I'm, I'm going to reenact uh, Mr. Eddie King's promo here. So please, please get ready. Get your tape decks ready, as uh, Lloyd Banks would say. Please don't use the accent. <laughs> please don't. Do not. The New York accent. <laughs> Look, man. So he's like, no, no, no. We're going to get this right. We're going to do this real quick, Cody. You talk about grinding. You talk about living this rough life. All that jazz. No one's going to outgrind you. All that stuff. My man, is that easy to say? It's easy to say that when you grew up around used to be legends like Arn Anderson. Yeah, you heard me. Keep shooting your murder ones at me and I'll knock your jaw right off your face, partner. You know what I grew up around? You know what I grew up around? Alcoholics. Junkies. I had to grow up around that. And I had to survive. I had to grind. You couldn't last a day in my shoes. So you don't tell me nothing about grinding. You, you talk about the sport of pro wrestling. That's a joke. <laughs> Bro, when he said that, that's a joke, bitch. I fucking hollered. He's like, you don't, you don't get to tell me nothing about grinding. He, didn't, he wasn't He wasn't, in the run, he wasn't even directing at you at the time. He's like, what are you... <laughs> Uh, you think you're better than me (laughs) (laughs) he's just just offended you know he said because every person you face has been a child interesting that is true Uh, he said I'm a grown ass man and I will put you in the ground and smile (laughs) (laughs) he threatened to murder this man James yeah so uh, he said here's the best part about this whole thing the guy that you like to mention uh, the guy you like to mention best friends with the boss Tony Khan paid me to show up and he's going to pay me to kick your ass and take that championship uh, you know Arn I swear he, uh, on my beautiful mother's eyes if you don't shut up I'm gouging your eye out alright and then he said you know Tony said you know what if you want a DQ that's fine by me but you know Cody just has to accept so you have to accept uh, because either you're an egg sucking dog or you're an egg sucking bitch oh my god I said something so uh, after that, you know, they got to it because Cody wasn't about to just get sized like this. So, um, what did you think of uh, the Eddie Kingston promo? Not mine, his. <laughs> um, I thought it was a good promo. Uh, I, like I said, like the one issue I had with it is like he is responding to something that Cody said when he, he wasn't even like 
he wasn't even acknowledging Eddie Kingston's existence at the time. It was just like that is all the way <laughs> whacked out. But um, but yeah, like he brought energy. It was it was cool. Um, obviously he he doesn't get the chance. He didn't get the chance to say all the stuff he normally would say in a promo because you know. Um, he, he is definitely, he is definitely, uh, he definitely fit well on, uh, on, um, what do you call it? The, uh, like the mix or not the mix, like the, uh, the beef, <laughs> like the beef, uh, um, DVD. yeah, like the beef, uh, freestyle era. DVD. Yeah. He would have, he would have fit on there if, if he didn't have to rhyme. He's definitely one of those. That was funny. Um, yeah, I, I saw the reaction. Everyone was going like absolutely nuts for it. I was like, yeah, it was really good. The promo was really good. Then the match happened and that was an all right match. Um, you know, it was a brawl. It was like, it went about eight minutes or so. Um, Eddie Kingston was dressed in the, the black and yellow, like Kawada. Uh, Eddie Kingston whipped Cody with his weight belt, uh, which was interesting. I, because you remember Cody trained to be whooped uh, previously in the year. Yeah, I think that's. I think that was the reason why he did that spot where he where like he gets hit the one time and then he, like he fires up and he's he's like his eyes almost bug out of his face and he's furious after he gets hit in the back. I thought I, I thought that might have been a callback to that, but I'm not. Sh- I wasn't sure. Yeah, so um, uh, Kingston spoke on concrete floor. He tried to do a pile driver, but Cody backdropped him. They traded back some strike. And uh, Cody, like, then, you know, started, you know, fighting him back, kicking his leg. And then Eddie Kingston, like, acted like he had this blown out knee, which I thought was legit. But um, apparently I don't think it was. Uh, but it, he was he was, was selling weirdest. like he was it, it, it was like he actually had a legit injury. Right. It was the weirdest shit ever. Like, all the, it may. OK, so I'm I'm I am irresponsibly like driving and then I have it on my phone, and I'm like, I'm at stoplights. I'm looking down, or whatever else, and I'm looking at the action, whatever else. I'm like, damn, they're in the shit out of each other. Okay, that's cool. Um, like, this is a, a real big departure from like the typical Cody match. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, well, I look down, I see him grabbing his leg. I'm like, when did he? When did he hurt his leg? So, um, like. I ended up picking up, watching the last like forty minutes of um, Dynamite before we did the show, and I'm going back over this match. And like, I went back and watched the match. Like, there's no point where anything happened to where like all of a sudden like there's a body part injured, and now like Cody was working over. It's just like he randomly decided to grab his leg, and then all of a sudden like Cody decided to start working on the leg. Like later, nothing happened. He never he never tweaked it. He never you know got it worked on or a move happened to it, and or he made some mistake and got caught, and the knee got exposed or anything. He just he just randomly decided to grab his leg, and then he worked it into the story. It's like what 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 the hell is this? Um, it was like a leg match. It was a brawl. Like, <laughs> then Jim Ross started talking about Eddie Kingston. Like he sold his ring boots to pay his mortgage or something like that. He's I'm, broke and coming like, to fight Cody. And yeah, yeah, and that sounds like some shit that like makes sense in like um, on studio uh, studio television in the eighties or whatever else. But like that don't even sound like that make any damn sense now. You sold your boots to pay off your mortgage. How? Yeah, I. <clears throat> Who the fuck yeah, look, is buying man. wrestling boots? Look, man, uh, the man looked like he was wearing wrestling boots to me in the ring. Well, so well, no, did, what I'm saying did he sell is, some other wrestling boots? No, like, what I don't, I'm saying is, in the '80s, I could buy somebody buying somebody shoes for some leather. Now, nobody's doing that shit, so it makes no sense to me. What? Well, collectors' items, you know, fans. 
you know, we'll, we'll buy anything from people. I, they didn't explain it that way, but yes, that makes sense. That 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 makes more sense. That makes more sense. I I, I will I will give it less criticism now. That's fair. Um, but yeah, they all of a sudden thumbtacks are in the ring, um, oh and Cody takes the thumbtacks uh, via back he, suplex. No, no, no. He took a power bomb. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Cody tried to give him some type of weird suplex, in- kinks in state, and then he powerbombed him into some, into some uh, thumbtacks. And then 80, literally 80 seconds later, Kingston was tapping out. What? Yeah. yeah um, submission win for Cody, another uh, defense. Uh, this one was well-received. I think a lot of people were happy to see Eddie Kingston. Uh, I thought it was a good me, physical ass match. But, yeah. like, I mean, watching it back a second time, the physicality was still there, and that's such a and the surprise, and, like, the energy, and, the, and it's such a departure from what we've seen in these Cody um, matches, which I'm not saying they're all the same, because there have been differences, but, like, Cody's adding even more variety now with this Kingston match. Um, but story-wise, it made no damn sense. Like how the fuck do you take a, take thumbtacks and then ninety seconds later you're tapping a motherfucker out? Like the whole entire sequence of that match is powerbomb thumbtacks, get up, get back <clears throat> suplex, no cell fi- no cell fire up through the suplex, running big boot, slap on your move, slap on your figure four, bridge up. What? Yeah, it went about eleven minutes. So I thought I thought the young bucks, Kenny Omega, were the ones with no psychology. I mean, you know, I guarantee you, Kenny Omega would or the young bucks would never take thumbtacks and then win ninety or eighty seconds later. I guarantee that would never happen. (laughs) Am I lying? Would they ever do some shit like that? No. (sighs) Look, yeah, you said it, not me. So, um. But after that, uh, we had um, a little bit. We, we moved on, and um, John Moxley came out. Uh, he said he's uh, he was or he they threw it to a pre tape. Uh, Mox said he's in a business where everyone uh, is full of it. They prides himself uh, on telling the truth. He said that he promised to tear up Brian Cage's arm. He felt lig- ligaments and tendons popping in his arm. But Taz gets his vote for manager of the year for throwing in the towel. He was disappointed that he didn't pop uh, Cage's bicep like a water balloon. But next time he won't let go. So after that, MJF cut a promo, another one really good. Uh, he introduced Griff Garrison as Jungle Man. Griff Garrison has been on BT and a running gag. Everybody thinks he's Jungle Boy. Um, he, MJF did kind of an entertaining squash where he uh, was talking on the mic during the squash. A couple good suplexes. I think they should have had Griff Garrison ultimately not like, um, you know, acquiesce to MJF's demands, like, and just have MJF just beat the fuck out of him man. but the fact that he would never like like say what MJF was trying to say actually would kind of give him some but they didn't do that I have nothing yet uh, it was yep. there so yeah uh, Tony Schiavone uh, was with Rebel backstage uh, Britt Baker was back there she un- interviewed or unveiled her fourth rule for being a role model which is to never count out the role model she said she was poised to make a great comeback like Michael Jordan did with the Wizards and then uh, Tony Giovanni was like, nah, that's 
that's not the one that right. you want to do the comeback for. And then uh, she cut him off and was like, basically, don't you correct me? Or And then Rebel was in there, and she said she's on the comeback trail at All Out. Uh, she now has Michael Jordan 23 shirts out for sale. Or right. daughter Britt Baker, 23 shirts. Right. Like, she's like, shut up, Shivani. She goes, anyway, and looks at that camera. I'm Michael Jordan. I was like, what? <laughs> this, is, this is ridiculous. Yep. Bro. <laughs> and I don't mean, like, ridiculous, like, oh, it's terrible. I mean, ridiculous. And, like, this is so absurd. And, and like, it's such good heat because it's so absurd. <laughs> like, wait, so- what? Like, like Michael Jordan, Jeffrey. Yes. <laughs> you mean Michael B. Jordan? Like, like, why are you even bringing up Michael Jordan right now? What, what does that have to do with anything right now, Brit? <laughs> just, just, just throwing that out there just to fuck with you. All right, fine. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> Taz and Brian Cage came out. Um, he said that Ta- Cage had a difficult week. Said Moxley put a badass armbar on Cage, and Taz made a business decision to throw in the towel for Cage. Uh, he said he will never be in a position uh, to where Cage needs to throw in the towel, or Taz needs to throw in the towel again. Taz said Cage isn't wired to tap, and he's the FTW champion because he has an FTW mindset. Then Darby Allen's music hit, and all of a sudden, a man with shoes that had no back on them right. came out and laid Darby Allen the fuck out. Uh, so, uh, Team Taz, as they're being called. Uh, uh, Ricky Starks and Brian Cage, they formed a night earlier on AEW Dark, and this was like, you know, Ricky Starks came in and fucked him up, KO'd this man. I heard uh, Darby got concussed mm. but on that top rope, but I heard he's fine. So, um, Cage then hit uh, Darby Allen with a powerbomb on the stage and another one in the ring. Uh, Ricky Starks, uh, Basically, was, was you know holding them up after that, but Mox ran in with the barbed wire baseball bat. Cage and Starks bounced, and uh, they basically you know they, they said yeah that remember Darby saved Mox last week, so their little you know uh, bromance continues. Bromance. <laughs> uh, so what do, what do you think of the Cage and Starks team? Because uh, so a little bit of background, like ever since Ricky Starks has showed up on Dark. Taz has been very complimentary to him on commentary. He would walk over uh, and basically salute Taz and he'd be like, yo, be like, you know, I like that guy and stuff like that. And basically, Excalibur would be like, what the fuck's going on? Mm. Um, I, I think it's more of a, I have to see them together to kind of get actually, you know, know what I know if I like it or not. Um, they're two talented guys. So, I mean, like, just the fact that you're putting those two together with Taz, like, I'm cool with it off, off that. But like, I want to see what their chemistry is together in the ring. Gotcha. So um, I guess Reed starts to do the working, and then Brian Cage will do the moves. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> you do so, the work. I'll do the uh, moves. Um, after that. <laughs> exactly. Oh man. So. Um, so Alex Marvez was batted with Jericho. Jericho said his orange jacket was supposed to be white. Cost him $7,000 and Orange Cassidy ruined it. So he's going to ruin Orange Cassidy's career. He then cut a promo on Jurassic Express. He said Marco's, Marco's stunt has a bulbous head and that Luchasaurus isn't really a dinosaur. And uh, then they announced the Women's Tag Team Cup Tournament. 
for uh, the women's division, they had Brandy and Allie on the poster for it. So they've been racking up. They're like 5-0 and as a team, but they're going to be 16 women. It sounded like it's going to be called the Deadly Draw. So people Wait, so are predicting eight, so that it might be. Tournament. What's up? It's an eight-team tournament. Eight-team tournament, okay, yeah. Okay. 16 women. So I'm assuming they're going to be bringing in outsiders. Um, who are some outsiders that you would like to see uh, come in? Um, That I would like to see come in or could actually come in? I guess I could actually come in. Okay, because, uh, you know, I'll just... <laughs> I'll just yeah, 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 yeah. Um, don't don't give us the the the, the star of the fourth biggest Joshi promotion <laughs> who can't travel. <laughs> like, like they're not. Like, well, I'm sorry, Takumi Roja is not coming over here, James. Yeah, like, <laughs> like like nobody from Japan is coming over because that means they would then have to like come back and quarantine for two weeks. Like, imagine cor- having a quarantine for two weeks coming in and then quarantine for two weeks coming out. Like, it's not happening. Um, but from let's say if uh. I don't know what the situation is, but like if they could if they could make it work, you know, you could look at B Priestley and um and Jamie Hader and like I believe they're both in the UK right now, but I don't know if they want to do that and I don't um like they're like their names weren't on that list for uh, the Grand Prix, was it? I don't think they were. I don't think they were. I had yeah, to double so, check. So so I mean that means they will be open that means they have a month free. Um so I guess they could do it. Um Medusa Complex uh, uh, from Pro Wrestling Eve. That makes uh, that makes some sense. Um, I'm trying to think of what other um, hmm. Those are two that come to mind right now. Uh, I heard Nicole Savoy and Big Swole were a tag team uh, at one point. So is Nicole Savoy uh, signing Ring of Honor though? I believe she is. I mean, if she I find a way around her, if she isn't, then yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, but I people were speculating that this is going to be like a battle bowl type, so it'll be like random partners like uh matched up uh, with each other. So, um, we'll see how how it goes. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm glad it's not women's tag team titles because I don't think they need belts right now, especially with the decimation, you know, of the injuries and you know coronavirus. So, right. Besides that, um, I'm pretty excited for this. Um. I'm interested to see what they do. Um, I want to see who they bring in um, to get it done. So um, we'll go from there. Uh, if they can, <clears throat> if they can get a few, if they get a one or two of these teams, like they could definitely have these like quality tag teams. And you know, if you're going to run a tag tournament, like I would like for them to, you know, have good tag matches. I don't want to see them shits just be out there, just to be out there. Um, so and giving like eight teams or whatever else, like you're, I, they're definitely gonna have to like bring people in to get this done. Given yep, their so. injury uh, situation right now, like Rio can't come in, Yuka Sakazaki ain't coming in. Uh, like, sh- like that's a team. Like, if there was no coronavirus, like a, a, a easy, a easy tag team would have been Shoko Nakajima in um in Yuka Sakazaki because they're a tag team in uh, Tokyo Joshi. Yeah, but not happening. Like. Obviously, I don't think they would bring them in because I don't think they would leave to go do that. But like a, t- a ringer tag team, they could have brought in from Joshi without no travel ban would have been like the best the 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 Japanese best friends, uh, Sukasa Fujimoto and uh, Risa Nakajima. They would they would they came in. They would have been like, oh god, this is like the best tag team we have aside from like Kenny and, and the Lucha Bros and in uh, Anna Page and uh, uh, what's it called uh, in the Young Bucks. But 
No. So speaking of Bucks, uh, I'm next had a false count anywhere match with the Butcher and the Blade. I loved it. Um, there was a portion of the match that I missed. Uh, I something happened on my sh- my stream, and I came back as the finish was happening. But um, the Bucks were walking backstage, where you know the Bucks showing y'all that they like to fight too. So they came in there, and the Butcher and the Blade were cutting meat that they got from a truck in Minneapolis. <laughs> Eric Bischoff. Um, they then washed their hands and then, you know, got into it. So they brought all over the kitchen. Uh, they brought in the concourse around the uh, stadium. Butcher and the Blade tried to use a cart but failed. They brought around a trailer and the, in the trailer that had they had a sign where it said Mud Show Tonight. I loved it. Um, Nick was uh, used a cookie strike or a cookie sheet on um, the Butcher's face. Uh, they sent uh, the super kick and uh, sent them to the uh, escalator of the ad break. This was funny. Uh, then they came out in the arena and set up some tables. So this is the part that I didn't see. That was actually good. That was the only good part of the actual match. Like I, I gotta be honest with you. Like that concourse backstage part. Fucking, I thought it was just like so contrived. Like they had a bunch of good ideas on how to get the stuff, but like you didn't like Nick Jackson going into Nick Jackson's face. What? On the truck? Oh, that's that's too meta for me. I didn't care for that. Uh, but, like, just, okay, you're going to, for a false Count Anywhere no DQ match, you're going to go and find the Butcher and the Blade and uh, and with the ref ass to fight them while they're holding fucking cleavers in their hand. That's smart. Then these idiots oh, put brand. down, then these idiots put down the fucking cleavers and then they go and put their hands in water. They didn't wash their hands. They just put their hands in water, which is like, well, that's fucking gross. So, well, it, James, uh, we've talked about leg washing and and you know <laughs> how how legs don't be washed look, correctly. It, that's but even worse. You don't wash your hands. See, so One Nation Radio, wash your ass. Fuck, I guess One Nation Radio twenty twenty because this is what the ears come down to. One Nation Radio, wash your hands. Amazing. Uh, so. Then they, I, I don't really care about them throwing meat at each, raw meat at each other, whatever. That's whatever. <laughs> I just, like that, that didn't bother me. Like if I'm, I'm assuming it bothered some people in this time right now that they throw, like it didn't bother me, whatever. Like, but they end up outside on the concourse and it's like, oh, like there is like a, like a, like a lunch bench or whatever else for people to sit in, like a cafeteria bench or whatever else, like in the, in the middle of the concourse. And it's like, Oh, how convenient there's a fucking cookie sheet there and not, like, in the actual kitchen that they just were in, right? Then they start hitting each other with it. Then they ended up by this, uh, by the bar area in, in Daly's Place, like, a place where they serve drinks, a stationery, not like a, not like a kiosk, an actual part of the foundation of the building-ass bar thing, and all of a sudden, like, there's a set of, or, or there's a set or a table that has a set of cups on it and not, like, on the actual bar. It's like, gee, I wonder if that's a thing they're going to jump. They're going to jump off the bar and do spots on through the table they're going to crash through. Oh, that's exactly what they did. Then like, then there's two other uh, conveniently placed uh, cookie sheets with, like, whatever, that's by the bar, that's not that bad, whatever else. And then they do the spot where you're talking about the escalator. They go by the escalator, and by this point in time, you see, like, their light guys in, like, some of their, like, People that are running uh, cords, they're trying to hi- trying to hide behind the pillars, but they're getting found by the camera, and then they realize they're in the camera shot, and they try to get out of the way, and it's like, 
just shoot the shit. No one cares. No one cares. <laughs> like when y'all did the other stuff with um Jericho when the uh, um the New York guys came back or whatever else for that one shot they had when they did the uh, Matt Hardy in uh Kenny versus uh Jericho and um Sammy match. Yep. They had the, the light guys there and people was like, It's fine, like why are y'all trying to hide now? It, you made it look bad by like trying to hide and you got caught. Whatever. Then they get by the uh elevators and the elevator going down is is off, but the elevator going up is on. He gets super kicked and he goes up for the gag. I'm like, okay, you guys tried way too hard. What like and this stuff came out half baked. If y'all try if y'all try less hard and say, you know what, let's just have the match we're gonna do and just do the whole fucking thing in the ring the ringside area, which was the best part of the match. It would have it would have it would it would have deserved all the praise that Dave Meltzer gave it as a four and a half star match, which it's not. But whatever, like I thought it was a fun ass match. I would probably give it four flat stars, but like I think I think Dave Smoker Rocks giving this shit four and a half. I just that that's one of his worst. That's one of his worst overratings of the year. <laughs> but it was a great match. Like, but the part where they're actually in the ringside area doing the spots, like in a conventional. Uh, way after that commercial break was like where the good stuff was for me. Yeah. Um. So I saw like when they were uh, in the arena and they were up on the stage. Uh, they did the uh, power bomb. Uh, the butcher and the blade did a power bomb neckbreaker combo. Uh, on Matt and the Nick made the save. Then the Bucks hit the BTE trigger and they put the uh, butcher and the blade on alternate tables. And then you know the big gift spot of Matt and Nick both jumping off the tunnels. Um and the Bucks hit the simultaneous pins. Uh, this match was excellent. Did excellent in the ratings. They were over a million viewers uh, average at this time. So um, I thought Butcher and the Blade were awesome in this, and they continue to just get get over every week. I don't know about like, the Blade. The Blade. Well, first off, the Blade almost broke his fucking tailbone, or maybe he uh, did. Did you see that spot? <laughs> yeah, I guess he missed the table. <laughs> He he put one of the young bucks on a table that was leaned against the ground in the uh, rail at like a forty five degree angle, mm-hmm. and he went to do like a over the top rope flip dive through the table because one of the young bucks was supposed to move, and he hit neither young buck nor table and just landed ass first on the ground. I'm like, oh my god, like. <laughs> That had to be so painful. Like, I imagine, like, in certain circumstances, like, that can end a career. It could, but he's in excellent condition, uh, even better than when he showed up, uh, like, originally. And uh, with Butcher and the Blade, like, when they first showed up, it was, like, people were laughing, like, with some Dark Order shit. But, like, these dudes were incredible. Because I mean, he was dressed They're like big. a gimp. Yeah. Like, the Blade was dressed like a gimp. Yeah. Like, these dudes now are, like, so ever since they start wearing that all white, like I think you know they found some. Like, and you know I've been in on on the butcher from the beginning. So, uh, yeah, I, I definitely like this uh, a lot. And the Bucks like add another you know awesome match to you know what they got going on, as well as you know a million viewers. You know, so uh, and, and this show overall was a uh, was a killer rating show. Was this like the first time the Young Bucks ever like drew it, ever popped a number? Because it feels like it is. I would have to research that because I feel like it's not. Okay, because it seems like when people talk about like the number people that do numbers, it's always like Orange Cassidy, Jericho, uh, Moxley, Cody, Kenny. 
Like, I'm, you almost never hear about the Young Bucks in that situation. So after that, we got Alex Marvez. He was backstage with Jake Roberts and Lance Archer. Uh, Marvez asked why Archer didn't appear at Fight for the Fallen. And then Lance Archer started throwing people through the roof. Literally. Literally raising the roof on you boys out here. Um, and he threw another man into the trash can. So he said, "When he's good and ready, everyone dies." They stole that from me. They stole that from NXT, throwing people in trash. <laughs> <laughs> so um, after that, we had Diamante versus Ivelisse or Ivelisse. These two were beating the shit out of each other at the beginning yep. of this match. Yep. What did you uh, think about this one? Yeah. Um, Chops galore. Um, work wasn't as good as I expected it to be. Um, remember, like, I think the first time me and you both saw Diamante was at that, um, that woman's show in Orlando, WrestleMania weekend that had, like, the Joey Ryan and Shannon Baszler match. She was in a three-way, and she was, like, Diamante was, like, she looked great. So, I was, you know, and I've seen a couple of her matches, like, um... She, I saw a couple of matches, like one with, uh, I think Dakota Kai. I saw one with her with like, um, uh, what's her name, Ruby Riot when she was Heidi Lovelace on the Indies. So like I, you know, I thought that she, I thought she's a, you know, a solid worker, more than a solid worker, a good worker. So I, uh, I thought that they, you know, given that they have, you know, a long history of tag together, they were going to be more, um, more or crisper. But like they just wasn't there. But like they, they definitely brought physicality to make up for whatever they lacked in. Chris moves. Yeah, it was okay. Uh, yeah. It wasn't anything, you know, to write home about. Yeah, they, they, they weren't trying to have a great match. match. They were out there just trying to have a match that told a story. Yeah, so uh, Diamante ended up getting the cradle uh, for the win, and she gets a match next week with Hikaru Shida, who basically said, anyone wants it, they can come get it. Yeah. So not not for the belt, but you know we'll see how it all goes. Uh, after that, uh, Hangman Page uh, was up next to get his career ended uh, by <laughs> Alan Angels uh, or Five as they they're calling him, and he had a way longer match uh, with Five than Kenny did. Did he? Yes, this one went like nine minutes. I want to say yeah, eight twenty nine. The Kenny match was more competitive though. Yeah. Like, Hangman just beat his ass for, like, or more or less beat his ass for 80%, more than 80% of that match. Yeah. Uh, uh, Alan Angels is good. And, <laughs> um, yeah, but this was, a, this was a a big win for Hangman. He First singles match in, like, a really long time. So, I mean, if you're going to do it with somebody, uh, have somebody in there that can bump for you. So, uh, after that, uh, that power bomb he used was, was hard. Uh, I like that. Uh, oh, after that, yeah. Um, then Brody Lee and Cocabana came out uh, with the rest of the Dark Order, and Brody Lee came out uh, to the ring. He said that he's been none but impressed with Paige, but he's not impressed with his lack of friends right now when he's in danger. And then uh, Lee said, you know, I'll offer you some protection. He said, uh, Hangman said that he appreciated the compliments, but he doesn't think he's quite ready to join a cult right now. And hey, he said, to, I need uh, the Dark Order to just to stop letting that slide. I need them to respond by saying it's not a cult. Like, <laughs> and I want them to start selling like uh, Dark Order. It's not a cult shirts. Those shirts would act will sell like it's not a cult. Yeah, yeah, they would. Stop calling us a um, cult. It's not a cult. Yeah. Um, 
then uh, he basically told Paige that he made his bed and he hopes he enjoys his sleep. And then he grabbed Colt Cabana and, you know, left because he didn't want Colt to see the dark business of the Dark Order, essentially. Right. right. So uh, the Dark Order came out there and beat the fuck out of Hangman <sighs> Page. And then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that's John Silver, Reynolds. Uh, fucking. Ten. Uh, I think t- t- no. Ten disappeared. He didn't do it because he's like okay. recovering the leg injury. Okay. So they had him disappear on some Drew McIntyre shit. Ah. Um, okay. Uh, it was, remember, uh, remember those days? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. Drew's gonna be in a tag match. He's gonna do his shit, and at the end, like his tag partner's gonna lose. We're gonna have him out the way. You know, you can see him on the ma- on the <laughs> on the like on the what? apron has his team. He won't even be in any like, arena. What? Like, yeah, was the Finn Balor for no reason. What are you doing? <laughs> yes, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> so, so FTR ran down with the cooler and and j- banded off one Bosh. of their heads. Bosh, yes. fuck ass. <laughs> <laughs> so so they helped him out, and it's like the Mid Atlantic boys. You know they were oh they were God. saying and and then um you know Kenny ran in. He was hanging Wait. out where Cody where hanging out where Cody was hanging out. I guess that one week because. Oh, he didn't, when, uh, when this when uh, the snake Jake was out here janging on, <laughs> yes. janging on Brandy. Yeah, yes. that was so, ridiculous. So, um, you know, uh, after that, uh, FTR offered Paige a beer, and he accepted. And Kenny just kind of looked at him. So, mm-hmm. the wheels continue to turn. Uh, so they announced uh, Paige and uh, Hangman against Uno and Grayson uh, next week for the tag belts. Uh, Sheeta versus Diamante. <laughs> They finally, finally get to get the run off this this stupid Hangman and Kenny match versus the the Dark Order. Like they they they've been number one contender since what? Like January, bitch. So so they had February. So in the middle, like as the remember when they went to Georgia, they were the number one contenders right. then. They were right. supposed to get a match then, right? And then they couldn't sh- get in the country, right? So because so they had to Canadian. go down. Yeah, they had right. to go down and then now they're back up. Right. Okay. Well, go down. Like they've had yeah. this match. Like Tony's been wanting to do this match for months, <laughs> and yeah. he's like, "I can't get. I cannot let anything go. I can't let any of this shit progress until I finally get off this match." They were owed this. Like, yeah. I, 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 I appreciate that. You know that de- that attention the to commitment. Detail. You know, you got to you got to check that off. You know, yeah, it's attention we, to detail. The records are important. Right. They need they need to hold this L. Come out here and hold this L. They feel blasted next week. <laughs> I, I, I'm excited to see Stu Grayson in there with Kenny because Stu Grayson always comes to work. So um then of course we've got the tornado tag with Darby and Mox against Cage and Starks, and then Cody will be defending against the Warhorse or Warhorse as they call him. He's one of the indie guys that is kind of like a meme wrestler. I'm hearing various reports on whether he's a good worker or not. Some people saying he is. Some people say he's nothing special. I guess we'll see. So um, one thing I am happy so it's about like is Necro every- Butcher. Uh, what? So it's like Necro Butcher. <laughs> yeah, no idea. Like Necro Butcher is one of them dudes. That he's like he's a people like he's a legend. And other people like he hasn't been good in decades, or he or he <laughs> ne- was never good to begin with. Like it's it's a I guess it's a taste thing. Yeah, so uh, I'm looking forward to see uh, if all these people in all these comment sections for months since this um, TNT title thing has been going on, they've always been tagging Warhorse, and it's yeah. just like the thing in the comments that won't go away. So now it goes away. Let's see it. 
We'll, we'll so, see how good that rating is. That shit sting would be like, Tony, don't listen to these idiots. They're, <laughs> they're trying to troll you. They're trying yeah. to sabotage the show. Trying to troll. Um, so after that, we got Jericho and Jake Hager against Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. I like, like this match. Are they gonna do? Like, are they gonna bring in Savio Vega eventually, or is like can Savio Vega get out of his MLW contract? <laughs> I watched the Savio Vega match last year. That's why I brought it up because I remember oh you were like, "He's God. on MLW." I was like, "He's he's doing what? Where? For who?" Bro, it's like I feel like I hadn't seen a Savio Vega match since like the Caribbean Strap match oh, before God. that. Was that ninety five? Ninety six. Okay. But um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, ninety six. Yeah. So uh, I think Hager did like some of the like cl- coolest spots that he's done since he's been in the company when he was in there with um Luchasaurus at the beginning of the match. Oh, you mean like be a big dude that throws blows? He did that, and then he did like this really cool like um ankle lock, you know, uh, grab like where he spun all around. Okay, and I saw one where he did a um. He basically not a knee bar. Uh, fuck, I can't remember what he did to him, but he did. He put he put uh, loose source in some type of predicament um, with with his knee. That was like, okay, it's cool. Yeah, uh, the, I think the key for Jake Hager is like I said, it was a while ago on this show. Don't let him wrestle people from WWE and make <laughs> him wrestle other people. <laughs> Maybe you'll get something different out of him. Or you need to tell him, like, hey, man, like, you're a UFC guy. We People don't want to see the the hold type stuff you do. People want to see, like, you, you call yourself Big Hurt, put, throw blows. Hurt somebody. Right. Throw blows. Um, so uh, Marco Stunt was interfering behind the uh, ref's back. Yes. Jungle Boy was was running wild at different points of this. Uh, Jericho was, you know, working with all these guys, but. Uh, he ended up getting into it with uh, with Aubrey uh, after you know he had the baseball bat. Like they're just like it's it's too much. He um, he he is determined to like he loves her. He obviously loves her. He's going to use her in every single match he does from like the end of time in AEW. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like Jericho's ridiculous. Like, what do you mean I can't? What do you mean in this regular rules match I can't bring my bat in and use it? Like, if you don't get the right. fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so uh Joe Boy did it like a cool like double DDT on Hanger and yep. Hanger and Jericho. Yep. Uh Lucha Soros had it had a moment where he was going nuts with all the strikes. The crowd would have been losing their mind uh had there been a real one here. Uh even though this crowd out of the night was better than some of the ones that had been recently. Um then after that, uh Santana Ortiz took the ref. Uh Marcus Dunn hit a missile drop kick on Jericho into yeah. a thrust kick. Uh, for a near fall, uh, Luchasaurus hit a roundhouse kick on Jericho. Another near fall. Santana uh, jumped on the apron, and then Jungle Boy hit a flying head scissors off the apron, so his, his signature spot kind of. And then all of a sudden, Serpentico from AEW Dark showed up, and then uh, hit Luchasaurus with a baseball bat on the apron. Then Jericho hit the code breaker on Luchasaurus for the win. After the match, Serpentico jumped in the ring, and I immediately knew it was Sammy Guevara. Uh, because one thing, Chris Jericho is involved in this. There's always going to be somebody unmasking it for something. <laughs> and then I could tell by the, like the body frame, and then the way he was like, you know, kind of moving around the ring. And then as soon as he did the um, shooting star splash, I was like, 
that Sammy Guevara and then <laughs> Sammy Guevara uh, unmasked and I cranked because I was happy to see my dog back and the inner circle, circle stood tall uh, as they booked a 10-man tag for next week. Yeah, um, you mentioned that, that uh, a spot earlier uh, where <sighs> Santana and Ortiz get on the apron to take Aubrey um, to get her attention and strike her so that to enable the other team to have Marco Stunt come in and do his spots or whatever else. And I'm like, I fucking hate that. Like, and they do it all the time. And I don't mean like AEW in particular. AEW will have like interference by the other team. So by team B, so team A can do whatever the fuck um, behind the ref's back. But like, this happens in stardom a lot too, especially in like um, these Oedo type matches now when it's just, you know, all they're doing is trying to get heat and not trying to have good matches. And like, I fucking hate it. Like, stop it. Okay. It makes no goddamn sense. Like, why is the team that's about to get abused, like, getting up and taking the ref? Like, it's so contrived. Like, it makes sense if it's like, Team B more or less cheats for team for Team B. Well, why is Team A cheating to help Team B help beat Team A? That's fucking dumb. Like I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. All pro wrestling, wrestling needs to go. Ben all that shit. What, what what's your new one? Like uh, put throw it in the <laughs> throw it in the dumpster, set it on fire, and sing doo wop around it or yes. something like that. That's what needs to happen yep. to this particular like <laughs> in, ref interference. I fucking hate it. It's so annoying. Sorry. Tell you that that's, that's a merch idea. Have a so have a trash can with some fire and and some dudes at with some you know saying around it with some music notes. I think that's a merch idea. But <laughs> um, so, but uh, yeah, Sammy Guevara's back. Uh, it's been about a month, so there were some people upset about this. Uh, that apparently, that decided to litigate you know themselves how long Sammy Guevara should have been gone. But uh, they took his money for a month. They donated it. Um. Yeah. So he's back. Yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily. I never really thought of how long he should be gone or whatever else. Um, if he had been gone longer, I wouldn't have minded. If uh, I, I, I just never, I never thought about it. Like I do, I do agree that he should have been off TV. Um, but as far as how long, I never really thought about how long. But. Like, as far as, like, you know, but I don't think that being gone for, you know, three months, w- I, f- I felt like that would have been too long. Um, so, I don't know. Like, two months, I guess? I don't know. I, I really never really thought about it, but he's back. Yeah, so, um, we'll see where that goes. So, um, so I, that was AEW. Okay, but. so, uh, something else you want to talk about, Rich? Yeah, man, so... Um, you know, you already know what it is, man. Like I, you know, took took a trip up to uh, Atlanta like this last weekend. And before I went, you know, I you know was anticipating on you know getting in the action business. Um, and when it comes to the the action business, you have to be well prepared, and you have to. That's right, manscape. So. You know, you got to be prepared. So, you know, keep that in mind. Manscaped is the best in below the be- men's below the belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Um, 
so uh, the other week we talked about Killian Dane, you know, and, and it, you know, he, he was booked for this week coming up. Uh, he should have definitely used the Manscaped, but, you know, he did not use the Manscaped. So I see none of you guys uh, did the, the uh, you know, the social suplex, uh, you know, uh, you know, trial here where you enter the code suplex at manscaped.com and get 20% off free shipping. So uh, we're going to need you guys to do that. So. Um, keep in mind, there's water-resistant technology allows you to groom in the shower. A uh, 90-minute battery. I haven't charged it in a while, and it's still, you know, good here. So, um, you know, and if you're listening to me right now, I want you guys to experience it for yourself firsthand. So they've got a blade on there, a couple different levels. Uh, you know, you can if you don't want to use it as a ball trimmer, you can use it as a beard trimmer. A lot of different things you can do with that. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, I was listening to All Things Elite. Uh, what's up, Floyd? And he said he doesn't use it as a ball trimmer. He uses it as a beard trimmer. So, um, you know, whatever you want to do with it. So, but, yeah, make sure you guys, uh, you guys will get 20% off and free shipping with the code SUPLEX at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with the free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code SUPLEX. I I didn't know people out here cross contaminating like that, but all right, I I, I did not know. <sighs> um, yeah. So NXT this week, NXT was much better uh, this week compared to last week. Um, we started we started off with Regal and Keith Lee on a Zoom you know, announce a Zoom call for an announcement. Um, Regal throws to Keith Lee. Keith Lee talks about. Um, more or less what he talked about last week as far as, you know, um, parts of last week we talked about, like, um, he wants, um, you know, he talked about the opportunities he was given, and then he talks about how he wants to pay that forward by relinquishing the North American title if and only if it is held in a tournament so people can, or a tournament-like thing, so people can get as much, many people can get in as they possibly can, because he's opening doors now. Uh, this man is out here Everyone giving back. Gets a shot. Yes. So, uh, as a response I'm- to that, after Keith Lee says the word opportunity probably like ten times uh, <laughs> in, in his uh, in his promo, uh, Regal comes back and says that there can be a series of triple threat matches, and the winners of these triple threat matches will then be put into a North American uh, ladder match at the SummerSlam Takeover, which they're calling Takeover Thirty. So, how many ladder matches has NXT done in the last three months? Three or months, four months. Ladder matches. Yes, there was in the last how many months? Like four months. The one that I remember was the uh, number one contendership women's match. Uh, the EO one coming uh, coming back, or she didn't. She she came back by winning the last person qualifier, and then she ended up winning the thing. That's what that would have happened at if not for coronavirus. Would have happened at the WrestleMania takeover. I feel like there's been more. Like they've run these into the ground recently. Ladder match. Go ahead and look it up because I, I that's the only one I really remember. I'm like to, they they done up. cage matches to death. That's this might be what you're thinking of, or not to death, but a lot. Because they did. Um, Trying to remember, there was a number one contender one for EO. Yep. After the one like, before that that I remember was one when it was EO versus um, Mia. Going into who had the the coin flip advantage, 
um, going into women's war games where, where Mia fucking died twice. I remember um, that one, yeah. So those are the two that I remember. So there's uh, the oh, WrestleMania one. there was one. also the WrestleMania there's the the, one. There's also the uh, TakeOver 25 tag team ladder match that the yeah. Street Profits won where they, like, basically all the teams had to murder uh, uh, Gunner because he kept interfering in the match. But those are the yeah. three that I remember from last year. Yeah, there I, might be more, but those are the three I remember. Yeah, so there's a there's the number one contender one for EO. There was one at WrestleMania. Then there's one coming up here for the North American belt. So um, I don't know. I think Keith Lee relinquishing the belt after two weeks is lame. Um, I guess as easy as it came together, I guess you break it apart. So because it's not like they built up to uh, him having both belts. So. No, but the thing, no, but no, 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 Rich, you're you're you know the the first part of what you said is what you should be on because while I do think it's cumbersome to have to uh, to have somebody like, be the double champion, it is just mean you, shit. You are the people that put yourself in a situation to do this. You could have had him lose somebody three months ago or whatever, or at WrestleMania weekend to I don't know uh, who do you wrestle at, at uh, WrestleMania weekend. I think uh, they skipped that because he was doing all the matches with Dijak, and then he wasn't in that cycle. No, no, no. That was no. That was after that. Remember, like the the Dijak, the last or the the takeover Dijak was February. They did one more after that, right? Yeah, but that was like last week. I thought they did one before that because, like, no, I remember I, no, it was they, like no, no, like, it was no, no, it was a triple, no, no, it was a triple threat match. It was triple threat okay. match plus with uh plus with Damian Priest. That was a, that was his uh, WrestleMania takeover match. Gotcha. Yeah, that's right. So like Damian Priest should have pinned Dijak at that match. He should have had no belt, and he should have came after uh uh your boy. Yeah, like, but they didn't do it that. like that because they've been hot shotting. Yeah, like this is all but, of their own making. But it just means nothing. Like it, they did like. I don't know. I I think it's lame. Like, like, and then uh, right, just now, right? Yeah. Like, I understand. Like, from a character perspective, like he double title, and then like he, they made it to where they made said it made it that it was his decision as opposed to what really happened, which is like, oh shit, we 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 we've, we've booked Ultimate Warrior to win a WrestleMania six. Now we got to have him come off the Intercontinental belt. That's what yeah. happened. Yeah, like they put a nice spin on it, but like I know what the fuck happened here. Um. So kayfabe wise, it's fine. From the looking at like the direction of the promotion, is like it's more sh- you trying to fill time after you've shotgun su- a situation to death, and like you and whatever. Like we'll see. Like that triple threat match they had um, on this show was fucking awesome. But it's like I I would like it for like your wrestlers not to bail out your booking. Because you've booked so desperately, um, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I mentioned a uh, series of triple threat matches. The winners will then be put into uh, a ladder match at WrestleMania at the Summer SummerSlams uh, Takeover. We're calling it uh, Takeover Thirty. Um, so then we get Loomis versus Dane. It was just a match, like lots of Loomis gimmick stuff throughout the first two thirds of the match. Then um, Loomis hit a front flip senton off the top rope. He hit his sit-out slam and then his front-facing choke for the win. Uh, And Dane didn't tap out. He passed out, which is like, 
you, you got to protect Dane as a as a tough guy, character guy. Like, who gives a shit? Just have him tap out. Whatever. Uh, then we get a Dakota video. She recaps laying out um, EO with a big boot after uh, EO beat Tegan last week uh, in that title match. And then uh, Dakota tells EO to bring the title uh, with her once EO once uh, EO gets the taste back in her mouth from back to her mouth after that big boot. Mm-hmm. Um, we got a backstage interview from Roddy. He says stuff like, uh, it's kind of weird. Like, basically, it's like, goofy shit's been going on, and things are kind of weird right now, because, like, Undisputed doesn't have any belts. <laughs> it's like, it's like, the status quo has been under, has been, uh, been changed, and I don't like it here. It feels weird. Uh, so then Bronson Reed interrupts quickly, and then Gargano quickly interrupts him, and long story short, they basically just call each other different versions of goofy. It's just a pointless interview. Um, we get Breeze. Second match, Breezango versus Ever Rise Rich. Turn the channel. This will win the ratings war. Anyway, Bre- uh, Breezango, they're both dressing dressed up like the, like the fucking Mountie. Yes, dress- what is from it with NXT? 19- what is it with NXT motherfuckers dressing up as Mountie? Like Velveteen did it at uh, Takeover uh, New York, bro. This is from nineteen ninety one, right? The Mountie. Right. Who the fuck is this for? Oh, the, the old fanbase. audience. Right. The nice old joke. the old audience. Yeah, you had it you had it in the bag. Anyway, so uh so the match starts with Breeze sh- uh quickly shines, he gets cut off, Fandango gets a hot tag and he clears out the ring. Fandango then gets on the second turn buckle of uh uh from the apron. He puts back on his mounty hat and then does a salute pose and slowly falls off the turnbuckle. Like, remember the old Ryback rules fall? Like it was like that. Yes, it was like that. Except with a with I a saw salute. a gif. Okay, okay, I, yeah, it lands right on both Everizes. Um, tag to uh, Breeze, double super kick, double super kick uh, to the other one. Pin. Uh, we got a Dijak interview. He says last week, cross suplexes is him head first on concrete. He said he's been questioning his future as of late, alluding to um, apparently he was on the main roster. Now he's back down or maybe he's probably just getting written off but whatever. Uh, but he says after last week, he's fresh after getting dropped head first on concrete seven days later. Uh, and says his new goal is to not cross out using his elbow, his knee and his boot. Uh, so we end up getting um, a come back commercial and, and they show EO's tweet and it says uh, she'll see Dakota next week and they didn't say if it was a match it didn't say if it was a title match it didn't say if it was just going to be a physical confrontation or a, a promo back and forth I doubt it's going to be a promo back and forth but they didn't say what it was wow. going to be um, Shotzi versus Aaliyah quick match Shotzi escapes the camel clutch and hits a comeback of kicks and suplexes and uh, heads to the top rope Robert Stone gets out on the apron Shotzi Big Boots his ass off the floor. This is the episode of Big Boots. <laughs> um, Stone sells his bad foot because he lands on his feet first on the floor. He his foot still in the walking boot. Uh, Shotzi then just gets up and hits her uh, her, cent- her top row senton for the win. There is no Aaliyah gets up and, you know, that's the way to win. Like, she just big boot the geek and then beat the geek in the ring. Uh, so... Shotzi then gets back in her mini tank and then runs over this fucker's foot again, <laughs> rubber stone, and then gets up and howls in celebration. And then all of a sudden, a big boot quickly comes from out of the screen, from from off screen to inside of Shotzi's mouth in a matter of of, of a split second, and it ends up uh, being Mar- uh, Mercedes Martinez. 
she stares at Robert Stone and Aaliyah and then walks away. Um, and Fun then, times. Yeah. As, what do you say? Fun times. Yeah. And then, like, as she's walking away, like, they cut back to Aaliyah, like, comically trying to move this 40 pound tank off of uh, Robert Stone's foot, but she couldn't do it because she's a geek. Um, get the swerve vignette. Uh, talks about having confidence for the millionth time. Like, they've rebooted him every single time. It's about swerve. It's about confidence. Like, every single time. Um, he's, he's in the studio showing him that he's some rapper. I was there. Some. <laughs> I was there while that was filmed. <laughs> Were you? I ain't see you. Yeah. Sideline. Were you actually there? Sideline. I guess Rich, you'll never know. Rich, Rich may be lying to the people. So I guess you guys will never know. Uh, anyway, he says that, like, speaking of confidence, he said, my confidence has been high after taking Gargano to the limit. He calls out uh, Santos Escobar uh, for a Cruiserweight title match and points out how he beat him, Santos, in the uh, Cruiserweight tournament. He's the only person that actually has beaten uh, Escobar in, in WWE so far. So then we end up getting Reed versus Gargano versus Strong. God damn. This, like, this was the match that's like, I miss this NXT. This I remember this. I remember what NXT used to be and what it could be, and it was back for 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 like I don't know how long this match went. It went through two commercial breaks, but goddamn, it was awesome. This was like, this was like the best Roddy and Johnny match in months, and like it was such a Roddy match. It was just three guys chopping the shit out of each other and then moving around fast and then throwing big crisp strikes. And um, there's a there's a moment where like at the beginning of the match. They are overwhelmed by Bronson Reed. They end up on the floor, and they and Johnny says, "All right, hey man, me and you together, we can get him. We can get him." On the count of three, we go under. One, two, three. They both fake like they go into like they finna slide into the ring. They both stop. Say, <laughs> Johnny goes, "See, this is why I couldn't trust you." Uh, but anyway, they start they start basically like throwing crazy chops at each other, strikes, running knee, running jumping knees from Roddy. Uh, they eventually get Bronson Reed out the ring, and then you get Roddy versus Johnny, and it's just what you expect out of Roddy and Johnny, and it's awesome, great wrestling, and it. And then all of a sudden, uh, oh, quick question, quick thing, not question, but quick statement. Earlier in the match, when they were doing the spot, when they were on the apron, talking about sliding in the ring, and they neither want to trust each other, uh, Johnny left his hand out on the apron. Bronson Reed walked up and stomped on it. So, get back into the match. Bronson Reed's outside. They're, Johnny seemingly has his match won. He does the uh, um, the, the tilt world stuff to get into the Gargano escape. Um, Roddy rolls through. Johnny has him in a situation where like he, he has a pin attempt. All of a sudden, the camera shot zooms out. Bronson Reed's on the top rope. Splashes on on Roddy's chest with Johnny's hand on top. Johnny as quote unquote broke his arm, so he run, so he basically uh, rolls away in pain. And uh, with the big splash, Bronson Reed picks up the, the win. This was the best match I saw on Wednesday. It was awesome. Um, I give it four and a quarter. It was just you got to watch this, Rich. You you would be like this. Remember when they? I remember they used to do this kind of stuff. <laughs> it's exactly what you would say. Uh, so then. Immediately after this match, you get TMW2. <laughs> the tough white man match. The rematch. 
It was awesome. It wasn't as good as the first one, but it was close. It plays off the story of the first one. Um, you know, we talk about uh, we talk about Thatcher with the the single leg Boston Crab, the Fujiwara armbar. Um, what else am I thinking of? There's another move. Uh, oh, and the Kimura. Basically, this time around, they want to do kind of the same thing, except this time around, they end up on the outside, and Lorcan runs Thatcher's shoulder into the post. Post him. And they got to come back from commercial break, and the ending sequence is, Lorcan puts Thatcher in all three of those moves, the single leg Boston Crab, the Kimura, and then he puts him in the uh, the Fujiwara armbar, his actual finish. Thatcher escapes with a fish hook, which plays off of how um, Lorcan got out of the Fujiwara armbar in the last at in the last match, and then uh, they end up getting back up, and then he slaps him back in the Kimura. Thatcher is dead to rights. He's fucked. There's nowhere to go. And all he does is basically he sweeps the legs, falls forward on him with his shoulder, with uh, Lorcan's shoulders on the match, and it's on the match, gets the pin and escapes. That, so, which means there will be TWM3. <laughs> the, the final collision. It's probably, it might be at TakeOver. I don't know. But. It might as well. But whatever. It, it, I, I can't wait. I can't wait. I hope they rush the other million more times. This might be like this year's version of last year's Jack and Lee, where they just keep rusting each other. Like, there's actually seems to be a story here. I suppose they just keep putting them together. But like, I love their matches, and they're a great change of pace. Um, so this one was longer, uh, by the way. So uh, then from there, we end up getting backstage where uh, with Aaliyah and Robert Stone. Mercedes Martinez walks up and says, Hey, I need a geek to take care of my paperwork for, and, and advocate for me for matches or whatever, for big matches, whatever else. I, I'm picking you to do it, geek. And she, he's like, yes. And he, she walks away, and him and, and Aaliyah celebrate because they actually landed a client worth a damn. Robert uh, Stone, landing talent. Yes. How about that? Yeah. So then we get Dijakovic versus Cross. I got to tell you, if Cross sells like this in, in, in like his matches with big guys, his match with big guys and his matches with uh, his match with Ciampa are totally different. One was squash. One is big dudes throwing strikes and suplexes and selling and not selling and firing up like Cross would be perfect for the B block. Rich, perfect for the B block in this in this element. Like. Ah. Him and Dijak just did number strike to strike Chris Chris strikes, throwing each other on their necks and shoulders with suplexes, selling, not selling, like crosses facials again when he's actually trying to sell as opposed to no, like uh squash somebody. Works very, very well. Um yeah, so like him and Vers- so basically match is very good. They end up outside the ring after going through probably like Eight minutes or ten minutes, something like that. No, mm-hmm. probably like eight minutes. End up outside. He ends up uh, cutting off 
Dijak, and then he puts him his head basically inside the steps against the ring post, and then he stomps the top ring post, the top half of it. That goes flying, clearly protecting him. Uh, so there's something like Dijak may be dead. He gets in the ring, or Dijak gets in, not Dijak, but Cross gets in the ring, gets back out of the ring, lifts up his carcass, throws him back into the ring. Out comes Keith Lee. He's about to, like, interfere and stop the fight. Uh, Dijak comes to and says, don't stop it. It's basically Rocky IV. It's <laughs> reverse Rocky IV, where the black guy now, now has, yeah. like, the fate of the white switch. guy in his hands. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and he's like, no, I want to go out on my own terms. He but, like, it's weird because, like, Dijak actually should be Drago. Yeah, Drago that yes, man's, like, absolutely. he's a European. Yes, like, yes, yes. That's funny. Yes. yes. So, uh, look at NXT out here switching up, like, you know, <laughs> the dynamic. <laughs> so, applause. <laughs> he's stupid. So, uh, Cross looks at him, makes his face like, I'll kill him. Don't, don't play with me. I will kill him. <laughs> And he's relishing, and he's relishing in like the fact that like he's actually like not going to throw in the towel on him. He's like, "Oh, you think I won't kill him? Don't you see my faces? I'm crazy." He basically mounts him, and he starts dropping. Uh, he starts dropping ground and pound on him, like and and the Boy. strikes look great, right? It looks like he's out. So then, um, he lifts him up, and then he chokes him out. And once the uh, once he passes out. Actually, he chokes him, and then he tells Lee not to throw in a towel or nothing like that. Uh, and he passes out, ref stop, ref stoppage, and then he Keith Lee gets in the ring. And what they did with Cross was they didn't have him like you know duck out the ring or whatever else. He threw Dijak's like carcass, in, not into uh, or basically like at Keith Lee's feet as he was getting mm-hmm. to the ring. And then they're just staring at each other, and you're just like. When, when when these mastodons lock up, <laughs> like this was this was very well done. They have themselves the hot match they were hoping for, and it's like, god damn! Like we talk, you know, we talk about how NXT is hot shotting stuff, whatever else. But like when, but when they get themselves a match they want to get to, or whatever else, they can still do this thing very well. In a way that's like you look at the main roster, it's like when's the last time they've done anything that well with a main roster match? Ronda and Becky. So they didn't even do that. Well, <laughs> no, well that's my point. Like I'm talking about, like when they go face face out the, the night after uh, Royal Rumble 2018. Like that's the last time they. I feel like they've like, ooh, I can't wait to see that match. That's gonna be awesome. Like so, um, yeah. Like AAA still has some, still has some touch. Or, or you know, DX and all of them backstage still have some touch, uh, and they just be hot shining too much. Yeah, um, I'm actually kind of excited about that because like it's a little different from um, no more Gargano and Champa matches. Yeah, no more undisputed yeah. matches, or at least not no more. But yeah. like the, the card is flipping over in a way that like we felt like it should have a like you know, probably like WrestleMania after WrestleMania. Yeah. Um. Interested to see who else uh, gets in that um, that that North American ladder match. Oh, it's like yeah. they're probably gonna th- throw a bunch of guys that haven't got a chance so far. I would probably count on Damian Priest getting in there. I'd probably say Cameron yeah. Grimes, of course, maybe Swerve, maybe not. Um, 
I don't know if they put Timothy Thatcher on one of those. Thatcher is. Uh, in they might next just week. keep him in the tough white man division. Thatcher is in next week's uh, triple threat match. So it's, it's oh, okay. It's Balor, Thatcher, and Loomis. Gee, I wonder who's going oh. to win that triple threat. Uh, I don't know because they might give Finn Balor his own match rather than put him in the match with four other people or five other people. Could be. However, what I, long what I would be. say is, like, we know that he'll 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 try to die in the ladder match. We saw what Andrade did to him. Um, there's that, and it's also like you want to put Loomis with that gimmick in a ladder match. No. I, I would rather put Thatcher in and just say like, I don't know if Thatcher I don't like I'm sure Thatcher can do a ladder match, but like given the way he wrestles is like that's kinda like antithetical to what he's trying to accomplish here. <laughs> nah, <laughs> like, I need a, I, I need him to be in it and I need to be him like ducked off putting somebody in a hold and like and the shit don't make no sense or whatever why so he's you, doing so that. So you but, criticize it. That's no, what you want to do. You want to criticize it. But it but it actually makes sense because if you break your leg, what, they can do. There you go. That's like, what they say about all the all the ladder matches. It never breaks. It never breaks out that way. It wouldn't be that look, interesting. You think it'd be? Think about it. Like, right? Check this out. Right? Look, what Ooh. if he breaks each other person's leg one by one? <laughs> That's my point. Do you think that would be interesting? Like, oh, he breaks. Like, think, like think about uh the elimination chamber with Shayna Baszler, right? Where she just ran through the whole all five of them, right? Imagine that, that was that was booked and wrestled horribly. No, I'm just saying I'm not saying the same thing, but like imagine you have a submission specialist in a ladder match, and what's going to happen throughout the whole story of the match is find in his multiple person ladder match. He finds person A and breaks their leg. Then he then this person finds person B and breaks their leg. Then he finds person <laughs> the third person and breaks their leg, and then he climbs up. They'd be like, that wasn't fun to watch. <laughs> <laughs> So I don't I don't really know if that's really what you want to do. I think he's better off just being in singles matches for now. But yeah. whatever you want to do, like I mean, Finn Balor versus uh versus uh Thatcher on Takeover, that'd be a match I want to see. But who knows? Who knows what they come up with? I just know like I oh, man, I don't want Loomis. I don't want Loomis in his ladder match. I just don't. I mean, you know, he's a hit with the O's. They say. Yeah. Okay. But he reminds me of 93 Undertaker. Oh, great. Uh, yeah, so I guess the only thing left is stardom. Yeah, so you know what that means. It's time to hit the music. Okay, so uh, I I gotta say this was another obviously you know um, they've had three shows this week. Um, they had a show on Thursday, they had a show on Friday, and they had a show um, today Sunday. You know that's you know Sunday morning for us or whatever else. Um, all of the Thursday show is up. The only match from there's only one match from the uh, uh, Friday show that's up. That's the red belt belt match between Mayu and Jungle in the main event. Um, uh, main event white belt 
um, final from this morning is up now. Um, I am going to go through the. I'm going to talk about like the highlights of of these. So, um, on the uh, the Thursday show in Osaka, they had a tag match with uh, I think it's Starlight Kid and Lasaya versus Utami and Momo. I think. Um. I can't remember. Uh, basically, uh, match is really good, but uh, the the real match to really talk about is sorry. No, oh, uh, anyway, I don't. Rem- I didn't remember. Okay. Uh, anyway, the real <laughs> match to talk about from that Osaka show is uh, Tam and Momo versus Jungle and Konami. Um, this was a more or less a preview match for the title match the night after between Jungle and Mayu. I thought that they really showed like. They told her or not showed you a preview of like, oh, I can't wait to see this match when they have a you know a time of match in full. Um, I thought Tam was very good. I thought uh, as as a hot tag, I thought that Konami was Konami and Jungle were very good at like being the shadow of Mayu's uh, bad shoulder. Um, what do you think of the match, Rich? Uh, I thought this was like really fast. Uh, I liked some of the tag team moves that Jungle and Konami were doing. Uh, There was a dope spot with, um, I believe it was Tam and Mayu, where it was like a German, it was a DDT. Yep, I know you're talking uh, about. A hanging DDT into uh, a German suplex. A wheelbarrow barrel slash DDT, and then Tam, um, basically after the DDT, kicks the dead carcass of, of, of whoever is so Mayu can then give the German. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, that's one of I their popped. tag moves. Yeah. Uh they rarely tag anymore, but like when they when they were, like that's one of the things they do. Like um Yeah. yeah I'd probably say like three point seven five. Yeah, sounds about right. I have it three point seven five four. Uh so basically the end is Jungle ends up hitting her um Jungle Buster. That devastating, <laughs> that devastating fucking move in <laughs> pins Mayu, uh, and then uh, I guess we can just go into the n- the next night when they have the match together. Um, obviously, the the because they're, they're going longer and it's a singles match is more methodical. Uh, Mayu in Mayu gets her ass whooped by Jungle to start out the match. Uh, Jungle is working over her shoulder. Um, Mayu gets desperate. And then she starts because both of these women have busted shoulders. Uh, last year's Grand Prix, Jungle had to leave out of uh, the Grand Prix because she dislocated her shoulder. Um, a couple months later, Mayu in a red when she won the red belt, like partially tore her rotator cuff, small tear. Obviously, she still she never stopped took up, took off any time. Uh, so basically, it's like oh, we both have bum shoulders. Let's work here the shoulders. Uh, and Jungle whooped her ass so bad that Mayu started getting desperate. Uh, she ends up getting a point to where she ends up slapping on a arm bar. It gets transitioned to a triangle choke. Um, Mayu does something fuck with it, make it, make it like she's putting leverage on that bad shoulder. Um, Jungle goes to pa- lift her up for the power bomb, like you see so commonly in um, all these wrestling matches now. Where oh, arm bar transitions to triangle, lift up, power bomb, double down. Uh, Jungle tried it. Mayu said, "Oh no, you're not." And then re like retimed on it and hurt Jungle so bad, like she had to like go to her knees and then she had to scramble out to get to the uh, ropes. I thought that was cool. Um, 
my uh, jungle gets her up in position for the jungle buster. Mayu fights out. Jungle basically slaps her or whatever else, and then puts her lifts her back up raw without using the uh, the ropes. She just lifts her up with just off pure jungle strength. Um, drops her with the uh, the jungle buster that you just saw the night before. Jungle or Mayu kicks. Um, of course. Goes, sorry. So of course. <laughs> yes. Uh, goes a little longer. Um, Mayu, I think Mayu ends up. Uh, Long story short, I can't remember the end of it because it's so much wrestling I watch, but like, long story short, Mayu ends up picking her up, hitting her the two-stage dragon suplex for the pin. Um, I love this match. Um, it wasn't everything I wanted it to be because uh, it wasn't a five-star match, but it was a great fucking match, um, and it's like continuing this run with Mayu. Um, what are your thoughts? I thought uh, we were going to see like some match of the year level stuff. Uh, right. Maybe I was buying into the James hype here, but uh, I thought this was is it took a little while to get going. Um, I I didn't think this like was a blowaway match or anything. I, I would probably say it was four stars, but um, Jungle. I was watching the post match on this, and it was like. I was watching her cut her sad promo about losing, and of course, Mayu was like, you know, you, you tried hard, so you you deserve to talk. And <laughs> stupid, like 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 she 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 took his ass whoops just so she could talk to the, to her hometown people. So like, my eyes started twitching while I was watching. I was like, man, am I getting like sad for Jungle? Like, <laughs> she do to you, don't she? Yeah. So, but um, yeah. Like I, you know, the I, I called this a while ago where you know I said they was about to um they were about to send Jungle in there and to lose, you know, and, and hope. But they didn't quite do the completely sell it out for Hannah, um, thing. Well, I mean, so. they did this. Well, they did do the spot with her where like uh she can't put her away with the uh junk with the Jungle Buster. So what does she do? She looks up to the heavens and then she. Pulls it. She's about to hit her with a, with with a Hannah's package power driver, and then Mayu just jumped out of it. Like they they did. Te- that's like the only real tease they did with it, but like they did tease it. Yeah, well, but they didn't I, I go didn't fully feel, on. Like, but they didn't go all yeah. the way in with it though. I, I didn't feel like it was blatant or anything. Right. But right. Um. Yeah. I I thought it was overall another like uh, good title defense for for Mayu, and apparently, um, uh, people were saying that uh, I guess her next challenger. I don't know if you heard, James. No, I know who it is. I know who it is. Okay. Uh, Shuri. So this right. is going to be, uh, you know, we're going to see what it is. Yeah. Um, I'm way higher on it than you are. Uh, like, I maybe it's just because I like, I, I, I'm in on the, on the small things on it and it's, the small things pop me so much, but like, I, I don't think it's a match of the year, but like, I think it's four and a half. Um, I uh, what was going to say, um, yeah, I think that Mayu right now, given the run she's had on these fucking house shows, more or less, and with this title defense, uh, these title defenses she's had so far, like, I think she's the best singles world champion in the world right now. I don't know who would be better than her. Mm. It wouldn't be Mosley. It damn sure wouldn't be Evil. It wouldn't be anybody that's in WWE. I don't know who it'd be. Not Keith Lee? 
Keith, no, Keith Lee has not had the year that uh, my or the year that nah. He, I'm not to, say, not to say that he's having some bad year because he's obviously not, but no. What about Drew McIntyre? Drew's having a good year by WWE standards, but no. Hmm. He's a good champion, but like, like Drew's like Drew's basically like having three, and three, three and a half, three oh, and three quarters, <laughs> like basically anywhere from like three and a half to four star matches, like his in his side of offenses. Mayu, Mayu had a four and three quarter star match in her first defense. Uh, her second defense was four and a half. This match is somewhere between four to four and a half. Um, and right now, like, she may have had, like, she's had, like, basically, like, five straight three and three quarter star matches or better, like, between house shows on non-title defenses, matches in general. Like, and I, it was interesting because, like, I've been, you know, I was talking about this at the beginning of the year, and then, like, the you know, the year got, Corona fucked up everything for everybody, but, like, she's gotten back into this thing, and all of a sudden, Grapple put up the thing for, like, you know, highest average star rating per match, like, for wrestlers that have, you know, have five singles matches or whatever it was, whatever arbitrary mm-hmm. thing they did to keep Kenny out of it. <laughs> so, yeah, um, yeah. Mayu was second. Funny how, they, funny how they did that, right? Well, I mean, obviously, it's supposed to be a single thing, but, like, I mean, obviously, like, Kenny should, should be, if they did it, like, Kenny would be number one, I imagine. And then, like, after that, it's, like, the same people you see on this list. And it's, like, all right. So, and I remember at the time thinking, like, she's having a top five year, and then, like, the year got fucked up because of coronavirus. And it's, like, she's right back starting to get the steady slate of matches. And, like, that, she's picked up the pace somehow. Um, like she's having a great year. Like I, I like I thought she was having a top five ish year because you know a top ten ish year because you know the year got so weird and uh because you know she had lost missed so much time she missed like a quarter of the year and then like she picks right back up and it's like have you seen the match she had uh, the triple threat match with um Konami and Momo. I didn't. I heard it was good though. You, you or were, I heard it was like a actually it was like a, it went like twenty minutes or something. It was it's like a fifteen a minute draw. Right? Fifteen minute draw, and they just basically just go fucking nuts. Uh, but yeah, like she's been having these level of matches. It's just like like the match she had with Momo and um, well, not Momo with uh with Tam in the tag match against Jungle and Konami. Like that's the average match she's been having ever since they started having like these six shows in July. That's her average match. I don't know what she's on right now, but she's on it. Uh, I, I I worry about I worry about her because you know she's a psychopath. Uh, but yeah, she's having a great year. She's having a great year. Um, so it, I guess next week we'll give you the undercard from the uh, Nagoya show and also the Cork um, and Hall show. Oh, actually, no, forget that. Um, main event of Cork and Hall show this morning. Yeah, Tam and Julia. The white belt, the the white belt final. Tam versus Julia. Um, James Boy's heart is broken again. Uh, even though like James, even though James Boy still thought like the person that he would put the, that he would put the belt on would be Julia. Um, Tam still figured out the way to be like. But James, you you want me to win so badly? It's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I thought it was a good ass match. Um. I, I, I wouldn't have gone 28 minutes, but that's what they wanted to do. Um, some reason, this one didn't 
seemed like a drug for me. I like this mm-hmm. one actually probably a little bit more than uh, My Own Jungle. Really? Um, okay. Yeah. And like that move that Julia does where it's like a tombstone kind of, but like with the arm wrapped up. The convoluted it, tombstone that make it like sometimes like if she doesn't do it right, like it takes forever. Yeah. I like yeah. that shit. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, and then when she put her in the fucking finish at the end, like Tan looked like she was fucking dead. Like, yeah, they protected sleep. her by her. They protected protected her by like, look, June was always going with the white belt. If coronavirus hadn't happened, she would have went into uh, um, and she would have went into uh, after Cinderella. She would have had the match with Arisa. Nah, we and, we, we, uh, we, re- we recognizing it? that. <laughs> Whatever. It is. So. She was going to win the white belt one way or another. Uh, I don't like. I like. She has grown on me as a wrestler, and they're doing a good job with Donna Del Mondo. Donna Del Mondo pushing them, all of them. Um, like I like them as a faction. Like right now, if I had to say, it was my favorite. What was my second favorite faction? Because like Queen's Quest is always it for me. They are probably it right now, given that you know the machinations with Arissa being gone and the whole that cause for uh, for stars right now. Um, but yeah, like in, in addition this to Mecca, it, it's, this, it's been a fun ride. It's been a fun month with them so far. This is very compelling from like the beginning of the match. Like they got my attention right away when they just stared at each other for like a couple minutes and <laughs> were feeling each other out. All right. You got to be careful with that. Cause you know, sometimes, you know, uh, it, they it, might do it for 30 it, minutes. Yeah. Yeah. They, the arena said, and they might just sit there for 30 minutes. So you gotta be careful with that. They didn't go too long. They only went like a minute. Like, like the tension was 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 real. Right. Like the tension was real. Like in yeah. the air. Like we knew it was. So uh, I, I like this one. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I I, I haven't. I have to rewatch it. I rewatch it. And also the Red Bell match. Um. Once the shows finally get up, that's what I normally do. Is like the main event or red or white belt match. I'll watch that when it gets up, and then I'll watch the other stuff. But uh. Yeah, I really enjoyed the match. Um, I'm surprised that you liked it as much. I figured it would be a match where you just like, uh, they're, you know. <laughs> I, I figured you wouldn't be into it as much, but yeah. Um, but, you know, we Tam. Go over the blocks that sorry? got released? Um, no, I have not uh, we seen should go it. Over the um, block. Now, we'll go over it next week because uh, I think the, the show or the first show is until the 8th of August, so that's like two oh, weeks. Oh, okay. So we'll do that next week. All right. Um, yeah, but uh, Julia Z, the white belt champion, um, I, and honestly, I think you know the person that eventually takes it off her, you know, will be Tam, whenever the fuck that is. But um, it's it's so weird because Rossi like, didn't change the booking. No, he didn't change the booking at all. It, it's, you know, and another thing is like so much stuff got messed up because of coronavirus and like the tragedy that's happened in this company, uh, with, you know, Arissa just like has to be gone and, um, cause of injury and Hannah's death. So it was like, you know, I felt like it was going to be this year was going to be some version of, uh, you know, Julia and Hannah fighting over the white belt this year. Like at least like at the beginning of this year, I thought that, and then like, you know, it looked like they were headed towards, they were going to just put the red belt on Hannah, um, whatever else and make, you know, one of them is a red belt champion. One's a white belt champion. Um, and to see, you know, Mayu and Arissa. Um, but 
now it's like kind of like, all right, well, I know what's going to happen. I, I kind of have an idea where we're going now, going now with the white belt, like as far as like future, the future su- successor. Like I feel like that has Tamra all over, especially the post match where it's like, oh, they're meeting again. This ain't the end. Uh, and they protected like Tam. Tam would rather fucking die than than give than tap out and give up the white belt to anybody. Like that's that was that that's what that was. But um, as far as trying to figure out who's going to succeed uh, Mayu as the red belt champion, that person ain't on the roster right now. We we have an idea who might come get it off of her, but like she's not on the roster right now. She's not in Japan right now, or at least we don't think she's in Japan yet. And if she is, she's quarantining. So, uh, so yeah, like I, you know, I, we'll see what happens. Um, you know, but next, the next, you know, the next cycle now turns over to, uh, the, uh, the five star grand prix, which is like the best time of the year, which is like, well, this, 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 this last, you know, two weeks have just been excellent. So like, I can't wait to see what they have in store. Um, can't wait to see more or less. Yeah. Um, can't wait to see, you know, the undercard of the Corrigan Hall show to see, um, who are the new tag champs, um, whether it's, um, Big Saya and Utami or if it's Jungle and Konami, can't wait to see who is the high speed champion, even though we're pretty sure Riho, like, just, just double pin Azumi and Starlight, <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, uh, can't wait to, can't say, wait to see the matches anyway, uh, on that, uh, the undercard of the um, Nagoya show. I don't know who won, or I was spoiled, but given what the result is, I'm assuming that the eight-person tag between Donna Del Mondo, so Julia, Shuri, Micah, and Hameka versus Queen's Quest, Azumi, Momo, Utami, and Big Saya. I'm pretty sure that's going to be. I'm pretty sure that's a great match, so I can't wait to see that as well. But um, we'll we'll you know, whatever we whatever we come up with, we'll see it and we'll talk about it next week, and we'll preview Sounds the uh, five star Grand Prix. So I guess we're gonna have to watch like Evil and Hiromu Takahashi sometime next week because I did not watch it this past week, and um, yeah, we're gonna have to do that. Yeah. So yeah. And, and also, I, well, at least, I mean, look, and look. Do, do we just do we do we treat it like we're kids and we like eat uh, and we are, are not not eat dessert or last or late or first or whatever else? Do we treat it like kids? We say look uh, or petty and we just like look. That was the main event. We know it's the main event. However, we know it's not better than Ishii Desperado. So we'll watch this first and then we'll watch Ishii Desperado or Shingo Shingo and Desperado. Oh, that's right, Shingo Desperado. That's right. That's right. Do I think that's how we should handle it? I think that would be more pleasant than supposed to like. I just watched a great match, and I gotta watch thirty minutes of whatever the fuck or uh, <laughs> like. You already know like the time on it, so you're just like, oh god. Yeah, I saw he went thirty three minutes. I looked at the cage match rating, and it was like, well, Last maybe. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was like I, I miss the days of like eight point eight, nine, yes, yes, nine point yes. four, nine point five. I miss those days. Yeah. Yeah, call me a call me a, a star ratings mark all you want. Yeah. those matches are better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fuck all that. Yeah, um, you know. Well, I guess besides that, man, we can uh, wrap this up. Yeah. Um. Thanks for listening to the show. Be sure to rate us on whatever app you're using to listen to this. Tell the folks about the Social Suplex Podcast Network. 
shout out to powerslam.tv one of the sponsors of the show if you're a fan of a if you're a fan of independent pro wrestling from all over the world you can check out uh or you can actually use the code social Suplex to get your three months trial um check out pro wrestling tees oh god we'll get to that check out pro pro wrestling tees.com slash social suplex and pick up some official social suplex podcast merchandise um rich you want to throw it to uh your friends at, at manscape again Yes, uh, over at Manscaped, don't forget, you guys can get 20% off and free shipping with the code SUPLEX at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com and use the code SUPLEX. Help your boys at Social SUPLEX out and uh, keep us, you know, getting these uh, advertisement opportunities. (laughs) Okay, uh, be sure to check out the other shows on the network. Uh, On Sundays, we have this show, One Nation Radio. On Tuesdays, we have Keeping the Strong Style. On Wednesdays, we have the Ricky and Clyde Wrestling Show. Every other Wednesday, we have Roman Washington shit. On Fridays, we have Get in the Ring. And on Saturdays, we have All Things Elite. Thanks for listening. Peace. Later. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.